The force is with me, I am one with the force. The force is with me, I am one with the force. The force is with me, I am one with the force. The force is with me, I'm Divorce? The force. The force is with me. I am one with the force. The force is with me. I am one with the force. The force is with me. I am one with the force. The force is with me. I'm one with the force. Hello and welcome to the 250. I'm Darren. I'm Andrew. And today we're going to be discussing Rogue One, the latest entry on the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. Yes, yeah, we're uh, we're discussing Rogue One, a, a Star, Star Wars, Wars story. story. Not but, not Star Wars Rogue One. Yeah, or or Star Wars Episode Three and a Half Rogue One. No, no, no. Did Disney have a ridiculous convention for naming stuff? Like, remember when um, they released Avengers in Ireland? And because they were worried that we'd confuse it with a sequel to the movie starring Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman as like umbrella carrying superheroes. The Avengers Assemble and yeah. Avengers Story. Yes, that was pretty much it. It was Marvel Presents Avengers, a.k.a. Avengers Assemble. Um, there's a little bit of that to the title of Star Wars Rogue One. A movie not starring Ray Fiennes. <laughs> or, or Uma, Uma Thurman. Thurman. Sean Connery? Maybe. Yeah, for all of you Avengers nuts. Wait, waiting, waiting, waiting to see them paired with the Hulk. I'm <laughs> sad to disappoint you. It is. Yeah, I actually have. Uh, I had an ex-girlfriend who was really disappointed when she went to see the film and there was nary a Ray Fiennes in sight. Yeah, I would. I would say she 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 might number uh, among a small amount of people <laughs> who somehow missed the posters, the advertising blitz, and the entire like build up to it. Yeah, I wish this could be more like the movie that was worse. Yes. Um, But anyway, so Rogue One was released this weekend. It had screenings at midnight on Thursday night and it shot up immediately into the 250. It landed about 207. It's bounced up to number 138. It's currently down a little bit around 152. So it's dynamic and I think you have a very vocal online fan base who are sort of pushing it there. I think think it's safe to say... That the fact that it's a Star Wars film may have in some way contributed to it making it onto it the list. may have a little bit. Just a tiny Just bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Now, this is one of the rare movies that myself and Andrew have seen separately. Just to provide a bit of context. Yeah, the last time we did this, it was a complete disaster. Aliens wasn't that bad. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I'm remembering it as worse than it was. Or you listen to my edit of the podcast. Either is, <laughs> either is a valid option. So basically, we saw the film separately. Uh, we saw we both saw it yesterday. Andrew, yeah, we're going through some problems. We are. It's it's we're 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 growing together, Andrew. We're going together, Andrew. You saw it with your brother, right? I did. I was hung over to bits. Um, I had. Do you feel that made the movie better or worse? <laughs> um, I I feel like the movie was better because it uh, it was that soothing kind of where 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 I came into the movie wishing sweet sweet murder upon all of the children. <laughs> and and people in general who were making a lot of noise, and then I had had um it was in it was in the afternoon it was a Saturday I had a beer I had a beer okay who could blame you it was one of those cinemas where they sell beer which made it better which is, um, is better I like I like that we're sort of reaching the stage where we accept that adults go to cinema so you get like wine and stuff you can get beer I don't drink by the way I feel like it's important to add that. But I feel there's something very cool about having like wine and cheese at a cinema, like the lighthouse. The lighthouse yeah, in yeah. Town, that's, that's, uh, if we're getting a shameless plug, 
The lighthouse is amazing. I it's love lovely. The lighthouse. Yeah, um, my brother suggested it, so I I, 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 I can't take any credit for the choice. Of, it of it is one of my favorite cinemas in Dublin. But yeah, so I saw it with my own, with my father and my brother. It was a Mooney family cinema trip. They and you were right you were not hungover. I was not hungover, unsurprisingly, seen as I don't drink. My brother was, and he said the movie was very relaxing when he looked at it from that yeah, perspective. Yeah, I had ice cream as well. <laughs> I love ice cream when when I when I've when I've had say a staff party the night before. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, um, no, I like ice cream in general. I think ice cream. <laughs> I, I don't think you need an excuse. You, for yeah, ice. you get to enjoy everything. Um, uh, not not because it's soothing the pain that you've inflicted upon yourself, but just because <laughs> it's nice. On its own nice. merit, yes. Yeah. What are the odds? <laughs> so, what did you make of Rogue One? I quite liked Rogue One. Quite um, liked it. Well, I, let's let's oh, get actually, a bit of context that, here. That, that, that sounds fairly qualified. I, I thought it was great. I think I wrote down, the, the first thing I wrote down after watching the movie is, um, that was amazing. All right. Well, I mean, let's get a bit of context on this because we've we sort of alluded to this before, sort of we vaguely. Yeah. You are not the biggest Star Wars fan in the world. I'm not a nut. I think a lot of a lot of guys, especially, get really excited about Star Wars. But it, it is it's it's um it is something that I think that young men in particular sort of fixate upon, and we'll probably we're going to talk about this a lot. I'm, I suspect. I'm probably just being a contrarian. No, no. Like I, I would much prefer Star Trek to Star Wars. Um, I would argue I, that's probably where I'm coming from too. Yeah, I think that Star Wars does certain things very well, and I've got a fondness for it. But I don't venerate it in the way that I think certain no. people do, and I don't think culture does. And I certainly can't accuse Star Wars fans of being nerds, being being, being that <laughs> I like Star Trek more, even more. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because you're you're the kind of person who looks at looks at like a space franchise and goes, "This needs more trade negotiations. <laughs> uh, this, this needs more bureaucracy." But it is I we need, we, we need a, um, a, a federation that is in charge. Yeah, a vaguely of, socialist of, utopia. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. As opposed to pew 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 pew. <laughs> gotcha. Um, no, I, I came to Star Wars quite late. My It's one of those things, and I suspect one of the reasons that it does resonate with young men is because it is, and this is called as a crass generalization, if you will, but because it is something that's shared from, like, father to son. Well, uh, given yeah. the themes of the franchise, that's quite appropriate. It's another thing that, a couple of my opinions about Star Wars that really upset people. One is that it's a kid's movie. Which, which it is. Which I'll stand behind. Yeah, and it no, is. I'll um, endorse that. And I don't think that's a bad thing. But anyway, no, let's go. No, I don't think so either. No. I, I just think it's it's funny. Uh, How seriously it's taken. Yeah, exactly. Because it is, there's a very, like, it's life and death serious matter. Yeah. Which I think yeah. happens with anything. We'll talk about, like, if we land, if a Star Trek movie gets into the 250, we'll probably talk about that as well in terms of that. But I think with geek fandom, there's a lot of, this is serious business. We're totally adult talking about this. Look at how grown up we're being. Which misses yeah. the point of it a lot, I think. I think Star Wars is much less kind of serious and and grown up than Star Trek is. Okay, but okay, but even say comic book movies, then for example. Yeah, yeah, okay, they're for so kids. To pick another example. Yeah, yeah. Well, apart apart from the one where like Batman murders Superman by plunging a dagger repeatedly into his side. Yeah, that one's maybe yeah. less for kids. Or uh, Commissioner Gordon's daughter gets. Yeah, we won't go into that. Okay, but don't. That's an animated film as well to make it even better. 
so no, what else were you saying about Star Wars, about your controversial well, it's opinions? Swiftly off the rails, people. Yes, it is. People <laughs> who tuned in, listen, uh, hoping to hear some Star Wars discussion, yeah. are getting so, very disappointed with, with the, the amount of broadsides that are happening. Hangovers and broads, yeah, and broadsides. But you were saying you had two controversial opinions. Your first one is that Star Wars is a kids' movie. What is your second one? Uh, that it's not really a uh, science fiction in in um... science fantasy. Like it's it's like halfway between Lord of the Rings and Star Trek. It's fantasy in in space. Yeah, it has wizards and swords. And I guess stuff. it's a, it's it's a space opera. It is. I mean, yeah. but I mean, which which is which is some people say a certain type of science fiction. Andrew doesn't have time for that. Andrew yeah. is very much about the rigid categorization. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't argue hard. I'd say, one way I'd or the say other. Spy, space opera and science fiction are t- are are. Are different for genres. me two different genres yeah. alright I don't think that science fiction is uh, large enough that it, it can like exclude parts of itself I think it's it's a broad welcoming and inclusive genre would be my argument there so I think that it is I think it is I would argue it's science fantasy but I'd say that's a sub bracket of science fiction like I'd say you're not going to have a zoning argument over it I would consider it as valid an argument say something like Deep Space Nine I'd say there could easily be a zoning argument in the next Star Wars movie um, no, no, no. That 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 was that was only yeah. now. George Lucas doesn't work on them anymore. It's fine. <laughs> um, who the hell thought the kids wanted to sit through an hour and a half of trade negotiations? That's that's my thing. But anyway, so you enjoyed it's Rogue like One. Your 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 plans for a resort and spa on 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 Alderaan <laughs> have met a most disappointing end, Lord Vader. Yeah, yeah. This has been. The Imperial Resort is closed. (laughs) This has been zoned for administrative properties only. We don't want any of those Ewoks getting around here. Um, Yes. Gentrifying. Gentrifying the neighbourhood. All those Ewok hipsters. Yes. Um, They were the original hipsters. What are we talking about? (laughs) Ignoring the fact that you don't think that Star Wars is science fiction, you think it's a kids movie, you enjoyed Rogue One. Oh yeah, the, in fact, Rogue One is probably. Like, Don't say it's your, is it your favorite Star Wars film. Is that where we're going with this? Definitely better than than The Force Unleashed. Uh, abs- uh, or Awakens. The uh, Force Unleashed was a video game, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yes, yeah. Was. This shows how how um, how much regard how much, Andrew has. Yeah, and how much right I have to say, like which Star Wars <laughs> movie is my favorite. It's like, but. It's my my the stakes for me on this one are, are, are non-existent. Are, 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 yeah, yeah. The, um, it was better than that last one, whatever it was called, Force it was, Awakens. It was better than the three before that, which I believe which were, were were terrible. Yeah, I don't know. I would argue bits and pieces of them, but yeah, I will accept mostly they were terrible. And I did the three like, before I that. Did, I, I did like the um, the murder of the innocents or whatever you call that. The younglings. The younglings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I like I like that this podcast is basically going to be the younglings. It, you I killed that younglings. It's 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 an Asian stand up comedy place. Oh. That's not my joke. That's not my joke in my in in, in my defense. I, I, okay. I believe it was the awful Jimmy Fallon who made that. The joke. awful Jimmy Fallon is that the awful Jimmy Fallon. It's like the notorious B.I.G. And that's that's his that's his, his stage name. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in terms of the original three, say. Because you, you, I noticed you avoided those when you were categorizing it, relatively speaking. Oh, um, I'd have to watch them again, but um, probably. But okay, yeah, I, I, well, yes, yeah, yeah, I, 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 
and I know that's going to be that's going to be very controversial, but I I I saw the the first three when I was quite young, liked them, didn't love them. It wasn't a life changing experience for me like it was for a lot of people, and I suppose, I maybe I would have loved it more if it if it had been something I had seen before I had seen all of the Star Trek, <laughs> um, and and it, it's it's like with a um. Maybe it's like with a cover version of a song, like if 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 the version uh, that you hear yeah, first the version that the... you hear first is the one that you like. Maybe 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 this is also true of um, science fiction franchises. Yeah, yeah, that's that that I would have been a Star Wars boy if 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 Star if Wars had gotten there yeah, first. Had, had taken my cherry. All right then. Um, personally, I liked it a lot. There were elements of it that I really liked, and elements I didn't like. We'll probably talk a bit more in depth about that when we get to spoilers. Oh yeah, there were but, bits I didn't like as well. But I mean, in terms of just speaking broadly about it, um, it is half of a. It's like half a war film and half a fan film. It's basically how it felt when I was watching it, and I really mm, liked. I thought it was less a fan film than. Sorry to interrupt. Than the than, Force Awakens. Than the Force Awakens, and I thought that was to its credit. Okay, I thought that basically so without getting too specific the force awakens uh, is incredibly we can talk about the force yeah, awakens we can talk about it freely so basically it is it is basically a new hope too it's a complete uh, remake in certain respects even borrowing shots plot points the concept of a death Cast. star yes um from the original film and i don't mind that as much there because i feel like the entire point of the film is to restore faith after the prequels like I feel like you give me <laughs> this some admission. It's that... like we know we created these terrible movies that it's like I know I've hurt you in the past, but I've changed. Yeah, I can be like I was before. It's like, I so did you're admitting that you treated me terribly. What like have you like it's worth pointing out that despite the fact that The Force Awakens and Rogue One feature countless cameos and guest appearances from characters and concepts from the original three films. Yeah. There are only two actors who have appeared in both the prequels and any of the films that followed. And one of them had his voice buried so deep in the mix that you can scarcely hear him at all. That's Owen, uh, so that's Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor has a one-line cameo in The Force Awakens. Oh, But it's yes. buried so deep that you can't hear it. And you get a sense that, like, that only happened because J.J. Abrams is like, so Alec Guinness is dead, right? And, like, there's a sense that with The Force Awakens, it is an apology, and they're covering... Alec Guinness, another one taken too soon from us in 2016. Yeah, 2016 has been a rough year. Uh, but more on that later. But the, um, basically, I, I think The Force Awakens... Or 2D Awak- too soon. <laughs> oh. oh, God. The Force Awakens, I think, gets away with that nostalgia because it is an attempt to clear the, the plate. Whereas Rogue One, what I really loved about Rogue One at the start was that it didn't feel... It felt like it was a Star Wars movie, but it was something else entirely. It yeah, felt, it felt absolutely. like it, it was it was a war movie, for example, for most of it. And I feel like t- <laughs> towards the end, it gets overwhelmed by these elements. It's almost like a Star War. Yeah, it's like movie. a war taking place among the stars. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like towards the end, it gets overwhelmed by the gravity of the other films. So you have stuff like you have sequences that are created shot for shot. You have cameos from actors and and concepts that don't need to be there for any purpose whatsoever you have an entire five minute epilogue which we won't talk about in any depth but it exists primarily i will agree to some extent um but uh i'll 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 I'll, i won't there 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 was there was a certain amount of fan service in it which which as i was watching initially i thought like it was detracting from the strength of the movie 
which was that this was very much its own thing. Yeah. But I thought some of the um, fan service stuff was too awesome to not enjoy. <laughs> to not, that's it. My, my, I had a conversation with my father and my brother after watching it, and that was their attitudes as well. My my yeah. My brother was like, yeah, sure, it made no sense, and it was a little shoehorned in, but on the other hand, it was awesome. Yeah. And part of me... There were, there were, there were, <laughs> there were bits of this movie... That were that were there for the but but ultimately this this exists in a world and in a period where where, where these characters that we know and love are in the same universe in the context, and yeah. they're actors in, in in this larger saga. Yeah, exactly. So it 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 did, it, it, it made some. It, in fact, it made a lot of sense because because this this movie was um, it, it it has to do with um, a, a new hope. Yes, it has. It, it basically, it's without getting too spoilery. It involves how the Rebel Alliance got the plans for the Death Star that drive the events of New Hope. Yeah. Um, spoiler: I, The Empire is building a Death Star. Um, that's a spoiler for a 1977 film. Yeah, I mean, we'll spoil the saga for you. Yeah, but this, just not this specific movie. We won't. Well, not for the moment, anyway. No. And I do, but I think not I felt yet. I felt like all those elements sort of went against it. Like I felt what I really loved about it was the sense that this was a movie about broken people who existed at the margins of the franchise so it was about people whose story had been forgotten who weren't the heroes in the sense that like even people like ray or anakin or luke are heroes they're sort of there which which i really didn't like about uh, no 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 sorry sorry that's what i liked about rogue one and it's something i don't like about about the force awakens are like pretty much one to six (laughs) Is <laughs> something that I don't Fire enjoy. Fantasy. I feel like the the stories that they focus in on are are very much the kind of princes and princesses, which, by the way, don't seem to have any real bearing on what's actually happening. I do. I like the idea that like the the emperor is somehow less legitimate than like rulers who are born to power. Um, like at least he earned it. He uh, he went out there and he conquered. Yeah. There, there is. Uh, I, I, I get the sense that um, what uh, Grandma Tarkin is, is, is doing, um, and his job, his role, um, in, 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 in this saga is more important than anything that Darth, Darth Vader, Vader actually does. Actually, do it. It's yeah. like I feel like when it comes to his end of year review, it's like, what. Well, what were you like? You, you, you killed a lot of people, but I feel like you need to take on more of a leadership role in this it's, organization. Yeah, it's like, like look, look you at, were having a fight with one guy on a catwalk on that a catwalk. wasn't properly safely yeah. secured. While well, while we were f- building fighting, a building, and, yeah, building and, a weapon that can destroy what an you entire do around planet. here, Darth Vader. Yeah, you know it, this is was that was that your son? Cause, cause you, you're, you're not supposed you're to be sh- doing that on company should, time yeah you should have declared that yeah um, that should have been something you should have flagged this is a conflict of interest Dark. yeah right here um, whereas Tarkin on the other hand like Tarkin built built a spaceship that could Can be imagine him choking his... out the HR <laughs> and crushing the little complaints box yeah yeah so so like episodes one to six and one to seven i should say focus on the kind of well, chosen uh, on one the very entitled kind yeah, of, um, a galactic elite yeah yeah where people where, who are destined to greatness where they seem to think that they're more important or where there's this idea that what they're doing is very crucial to 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 the um, yeah well i mean re- 
like let's consider Return of the Jedi, for example. Right? right. Return of the Jedi, the Emperor builds a gigantic space station that can shoot a laser that can blow up planets, right? Right. Luke is sent to the planet's surface to disarm the shield that will knock down that the shield protecting that and allow the rebels to blow it up and save the galaxy, right? That's important. However, halfway through the movie, Luke goes, wait a minute, my dad's up there. So he surrenders himself to the authorities, hands himself over to Darth Vader and the Empire, and just sort of has this uh, big brawl, which has absolutely no impact on the massive firefights that are taking place outside. Like he devotes, he gives up the rebellion, basically, in order to redeem his father. Yeah, I can imagine... We should say lots of spoiler alerts for this seventies movie, yeah, or eighties. Um, but, but yeah, if 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 Vader and Palpatine had been on the same um, wavelength, uh, wavelength, and and they were like, "See, Luke, you have lost," and it's like, "Aha!" But but none of this matters <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has no impact on it. Oh crap! Yeah, but I. <laughs> But I mean, I like I can see, I understand the appeal of the seven movies and that I like the idea of the hero's journey. I like the idea that while Luke doesn't contribute to the defeat of the Death Star in a plot sense, I like the reconciliation with the father just as a Joseph Campbell narrative. Yeah, because the, the, these uh, Star Wars movies, we'll, we'll, we'll get to talking about themes and to, to, yeah. to, 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 to kind of talk about the movie in the context of those themes. But, but just briefly, um, Star Wars is a lot to do with... Uh, the mono parents yeah it has a lot of dad stuff yeah which makes it the perfect movie to watch with your own father it's like why is that why is that father dying oh don't worry son it'll be okay (laughs) don't reveal anything um so yes there there there's there there's a lot of dad stuff a lot of dad stuff. So I think with that in mind then, um, just before we go into the spoiler zone, do you think it belongs in the top 250 movies of all time? You think it's better than The Force Awakens, which is currently on there? But I like it's It's my, uh, so far... It's your favourite Star Wars. It's my favourite Star Wars. And it's not even... It's not even a good film. Uh, no, no, I mean, it's, it's, like it's, not, a, it's not even a, 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 a Star Wars film. It's, 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 it's Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Yeah, it exists at the fringe of the Star Wars universe. But that's it's like, like the Han Solo adventures. Well, you joke, but that's coming. I, I feel like it probably is. They were very popular it's gonna with start people, Donald weren't Glover. They? Yeah, it's going to star Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. And um, the guy from, uh, what's his name? Have you seen I Hell hope Caesar? it's a musical. And uh, it's just. Like, Are you going to say like, is there going to be a solo number? La- Land- just... Lando Calrissian just uh, freestyle rap sort yeah, of. Yeah, like, that uh, is Childish Gambino's no, next album. Yeah, it's going to be all Lando Calrissian. Lando songs. the Free. It's like, uh, yeah, it's I, I. Come on, Lando the Free. I don't, Awake, I don't know, okay. Awaken my love was very different to um, Awaken my uh, force. Uh, <laughs> yes. Thank you. Awaken My Force is going to be the name of um, Childish Gambino's uh, third studio album, or fourth perhaps, where 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 he's doing all of his songs through the voice of Lando Calrissian. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't want his. Judgment. Can you really call that a Childish Gambino album? If uh, like like should 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 is it should, just a high concept? Should album, should, yeah. should it should it be considered a, a different artist entirely if he, if he, if if he's departing so much? I, I mean, think, let's talk I think a little is, bit about Childish Gambino for all the Star Wars the, fans who, who are, are listening, listening to this, hoping for us to discuss something that means anything to them. <laughs> all right, with that in mind, then I don't think it belongs on the two fifty, but we'll see gently into the spoiler zone. We're seeking, are we? Are segueing <laughs> on segways. Ooh. 
All right then, so let's we're back from the spoiler zone. Let's uh, let's talk a bit about themes. What was this movie about for you, Andrew? Um, I think I spoke about it a bit, but it's uh, it's about dad stuff, like all the Star Wars movies, like all the Star Wars movies. It's also about other things, like like um, there's there's. There's, there's a questionable political message in this that I think is in a lot of Star Wars movies, in fairness. All right, let's go um, with this questionable political <laughs> message, Andrew. Yeah, is, is, um, things work better when, when, when there's a uh, rigid authoritarian hierarchy. That's Yeah, yeah, because the Empire always have their... Um, uh, they always have a rigid hierarchy, but they're the bad guys. Yeah, unless yeah, you miss this, the 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 Rebel Alliance are always all over the place yeah. beca- because they have so many committees yeah. and they they have and nobody so who's actually. Yeah, the amount of senators and voices and people talking over each other—it's like the two fifty, but <laughs> but with more than two of us. But with more than two of us, and yeah. somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. <laughs> but the um, no, that's what well, that would gonna... be you, David. Hi, um, I am the Mon Matha of, of this particular podcast. <laughs> yeah, but you allow yourself to be shouted over. <laughs> yeah. But the thing that interests me about the, the Rebel Alliance is that yes, it's chaotic and like nobody can explain how any of that. And this is the thing about the Force Awakens, right? Like once you get past the fact that there's an empire again trying to explain or understand the politics of how the force awakens works like there's a senate there's somehow still a rebellion there's somehow an evil empire but they're actually cosplayers pretending to be an evil empire but they're not terrorists for some reason um like if you think too much about the, how the politics of star wars work it can where, be quite where 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 does where where did the trade agreements fit into this this is the question and trade routes and blockades and stuff but i feel like is there a separate uh, trade federation there was originally yeah. Separate from the Republic. Yeah, no, this is the problem and with the prequels. And an employer's alliance as well. <laughs> yes. And the labor court. Um, yeah. So sadly it's like, defanged so, by Emperor Palpatine. Some, some, some of the stormtroopers are employed by the Empire directly. Some of them some, are just contractors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, like some, the Daniel Craig stormtrooper. Yeah. And then, and then the Death Star has its separate payroll. Yeah. Mostly carpenters and uh, guilds, really. Yeah, the that's, the contract was very lucrative. That, that was actually the the um, we're in the spoiler zone now, so we can yeah. talk about it. That that's actually the um, in the reactor. Yeah, um, that's where most of the carpenters worked. The 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 this the, is the famous Jay and Silent Bob argument about all the subcontractors the Rebel Alliance killed. Oh um, no, I w- I was just thinking that the this this is. Um, this is what uh, what Mads Mikkelsen, the the vulnerability, um, uh, Urso, that he um, brought to the role, brought 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 brought, oh, to, the, to, the brought to the reactor. He's like, let's make it, let's make it of wood. <laughs> and I love the fact that the emperor was like, actually, yes, you've been pretty it's reliable like, onto this. Point. Yeah, it's like um, you've, you, you've a lot place. of carpenters here. It's like they they made a they made a wooden space station in Aliens in Alien Three. Yes. Um, and they never got to use it. Unfortunately. They never got to use it. Why so can't we do it? Here? This is my dream. That Mads Mikkelsen's all over the place. Mads Mikkelsen's great. Yeah. No. 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 My. I'm, I'm, oh, I mean, okay. what, your impersonation. Whatever Mads. sort of whatever that was was not Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, to be fair, you do you do Mads Mikkelsen the way Mads Mikkelsen does English. It's it's kind of beautiful, <laughs> even if it makes no sense. 
yeah. I, uh, I love Mickelson's acting. We may not have time to talk about Mads Mickelson to the extent that by the end of it, I'll I'll I'll, I'll have the impersonation down. But Perfect. but he was great in this movie. He really was. But anyway, so you're talking about like, love him. You're talking about the authoritarian structure, like the. I know it I... just works so well. Like <laughs> they, they, um, and 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 it seems to be the point is that the rebel alliance doesn't really work. And and but and, it does. They win. But not 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 because of the structures they had no, in place. No, that's the point. No, that's the point. Because, they, they triumph over the structures. Yeah, it's it's like as, a as in like we have a democracy. Yes, but um, nothing would get done if we if we followed the laws. What we need is like somebody to break the law, and then for 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 the lawmakers afterwards, after the fact, to decide. Oh, you did do the right thing. It was against the law. Are you talking about this is the climax of the film where they run off and basically the rebels go, actually, on second thoughts, you know the way we said we wouldn't help you? Now we will. Oh, it's on. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is not how military structures work. Generally, no, if it's like, though, um, if a, your boss tells a you. A rogue squadron has, <laughs> has, has, has left and, and made war with the Empire that we said we wouldn't make war with. And it's like, oh, rogue squadron. What, what, what's their call sign? Uh, Rogue, rogue? rogue squadron. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, but 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 what's their call sign? What 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 squadron is this exactly? It's a rogue squadron. It's a rogue squadron. Yeah. Who who's on first? Um, but the um, but yeah, no, that really sort of frustrated me about it. And part of me is also wondering, like, the fact that the like the initial plan, the initial plan at the end of the film was for them to subtly infiltrate the at the Empire base. To sneak inside, run a little guerrilla action, and then basically send the signal up to through this through the base out to the Rebel Alliance, right? However, uh, everything goes to a vertical tunnel, which there are a lot of in in, in, the, in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, but uh, basically that plan goes heads up when the Rebel Alliance goes. Actually, you know what? We should probably help them and jump a giant fleet into orbit around the planet that will a summon the Death Star and b summon Darth Vader's Imperial fleet that will massacre us. Like, so, part of me sort of wonders some, if the somebody whole... needs to disable those shields. Well, that's the thing: the shields don't go up until the Rebel fleet arrives. Ah. So part of me is sort of wondering if the whole kit. So why co- does the rebel fleet? That's what I wondered. I right. watched... well, they do have a reason. Well, they they, they do to help because they plan to take the planet. But how but... do they know what what what's happening? Well, they know what's happening because the plan that's the plan Jin proposed. Jin proposed they take the planet. However, they then came up with the plan of subtly infiltrating the base and doing little guerrilla warfare on the ground. At what point do they tell the rebel alliance? I feel like the rebel alliance don't just. If, I if, got the if, sense watching the film, the Rebel Alliance kind of just goes along with whatever happens. Oh no, they arrived on the scene because they want to. Jin's original plan was that they would take the planet and steal the plans, right? Right. Uh, the Rebel Alliance said no. Right. Jin went and stole. No, I, I understand and that. And stole the ship. Jump forward. Yeah, jump forward, right? And then they uh, they went in Rogue One. Yeah. And they infiltrated the planet. So what was dis- the name of of? Sorry. <laughs> Go on ahead. What's the name of that rogue squadron? <laughs> um, and then basically after that, the, the Rebel Alliance decided, actually, you know what? We should probably take the planet. So uh, the, the sense that I got watching it was that Jin's original plan was to Having slept on it. Was physically take the planet. And then when the Rebel Alliance said, no, it was okay. Well, we'll do a stealth infiltration that will include a bunch of guerrilla strikes that will lure the guards out so we can send the signals up. Yeah, There'll be the, nobody the, in the sky. The Rebel Alliance didn't support that action. No, they no, no. They, they didn't support the original plan to take the planet. That was a rogue squadron. That was a rogue squadron, right? And they were called... Okay, Andrew. Fine. <laughs> Sorry. But anyway, I don't think the Star Wars franchise endorses authoritarianism because... No, Reb- I don't think it endorses authoritarianism. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, 
I think I, I think, feel like you got the wrong message from the prequel films if that's what you took away. I, I, that I, Palpatine is a real hero. I think getting I, in the way of liberal democracy. I, th- I think I think what endorses is is perhaps worse. It, it's the American model. Oh, well, where, yeah. where 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 you have a constitutional representative democracy, but you also have a really powerful, a, a really powerful CIA <laughs> who basically do whatever they want all around the world and channel money from Iran Contra in order to do it. Um, and it's it's not it's not really supported, but um, it just sort of happens. Uh, officially. Yeah. But they 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 know that there's a rogue squadron <laughs> and that they're going to uh, to to act in the best interests of the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to stop them as such. <laughs> they may even end up supporting them in the end. Yeah. They may end up like full scale invading uh, <laughs> yeah. Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, and Vietnam. But um, is am, am I am I am I reading reading too much into that, or is 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 there so, is there something a little kind of um, it's it seem it seems to be that they're talking about the 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 mire of um, of Iraq, uh, Afghanistan. No, no, no. I of 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 yeah of of political um, uh, how 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 do you say of of kind of lame duck presidents and um, and political um, discussion or the so bureaucracy the, basically yeah bureaucracy yeah yeah but I, the, I, I, I you can pretty much edit me like <laughs> humming and hawing through it yes bureaucracy but the I would disagree with that rather strongly in that I think uh, one of the things that I, I quite liked about it or one of the things I found interesting about it was the original Star Wars began life as a Vietnam film right uh, George Lucas wanted to make a Vietnam film so he wanted to do something like Apocalypse Now except Francis Ford Coppola beat him to it so what he did was he thought he'd take that idea and he'd rework it into a science fiction franchise so the original plan was the rebels are the Viet Cong and the evil empire is the United States uh, which is somewhat ironic given the way that it works, but that was his original conception of it. And one of the things that I really like about Rogue One is that it politicizes the violence of the rebellion in a way that the other Star Wars films don't. The other Star Wars films tend to treat the war between the rebellion and the Empire as a shooting war in the style of World War Two or or World War One, uh, whereas I think that with say um, with Rogue One. It's more in terms of, say, terrorism or interventions. Like, there's a really great scene early on in the marketplace in Jada, where a bunch of rebels attack a con- an imperial convoy in the middle of the day using bombs, uh, improvised explosive devices, and catching a large number of civilians in the crossfire. And mm. I, th- I feel like that's... Oh, they nearly killed Jin as well, and... Um... And Andor as well. And, yeah. Uh, and... Jin also nearly kills K two, but and 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 Jin actually kills one of the um, extremists. Uh, or no, sorry. no, it's, it's uh, Andor. Does. Andor. Andor. All of these people have silly names. Yeah, but it's that's, a Star that's, Wars. That's it's what you have to accept in a in um, a Star Wars universe. Um, <laughs> Darmak and Jalad. Atanagra. Atanagra. But what, but I do like that uh, that there's this suggestion I, that I, I can't complain. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> that yeah, that the Rebel Alliance is very much like if you were looking at it now, they'd be in the style of say ISIS or Al Qaeda. Like you have uh, Saul Gennaro, who's the guy who's played by Forrest Whitaker, is portrayed as an extremist because he tortures his captives. He uh, there's going to be operates... a lot of people pillaring us online for our pronunciation. Oh, there are. Yes, uh, I like this. We we you know we don't just we... remember people. We've These ma- characters are made up, and it doesn't matter how we pronounce their names. If we want to call this guy. 
Paul Guerrero <laughs> instead of Paul Guerrero. <laughs> uh, we can. But I, I do like the fact that we've been, we... Because we just made it up now. I, I like the fact that we've been mangling, like, Japanese and Russian names for the past... <laughs> oh, we, yeah, for the past three months. But somehow it's the Star Wars names that are going to Oh, it's get more people. important. Yeah, it yeah, clearly that, is. That we, do, that, that we don't offend the culture <laughs> yeah. of the people uh, Who enjoy Jeddah, Star Wars, yes. <laughs> Alderaan, yeah. Kashyyyk, yeah. Endor. Then, or any then, of those goofy planets that you care <laughs> to mention. As opposed to places that actually exist. But I do th- one of the things I actually really liked about it was the sense that the rebellion in Rogue One feels like a terrorist organization. So even like you have the the establishing scene with, with Andor, who's played by Dago Luna, where mm. he meets an informant. Um, He's on, great. So he like I never expected so much menace to, to come from Diego Luna because I, I can't really kind of, it, like it, it, it's 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 too distinct of his performance that that it it that he and and it's also has to do with um how how short City Jones is that that <laughs> that, that I thought of uh, Diego Luna as quite imposing as the muscle yes the yeah. muscle of the operation. Um. <laughs> there was a moment where uh, Lynn Erso. Um, who is should 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 we briefly kind of tell the story? Yes, of, we should. We of, should of this movie. Okay. So okay, um, Lynn Erso, Jane Erso, Je- <laughs> yes, <laughs> Jenny Erso, <laughs> um, is a small child. Um, she's living on a planet with her father Galen and his wife Lara, I believe. Yeah. Um, when they are visited by an Imperial Guard led by Director Krennic. Director Krennic's a bad guy. Um, um, you can tell because he's wearing a white cape that flaps in the wind. And he's surrounded by men dressed entirely it's in shiny amazing. black. Like yeah. I love Krennic in the in the I, do. I wanna be Krennic. We're gonna we're gonna little probably bit. talk a little bit about Krennic because Krennic is a fantastic character. It's brilliant. I, I really like the characters in general in Rogue One. Okay. But Krennic is I, I I feel like Krennic probably could have came down and by the force of his charisma just convinced Galen and his wife and kids <laughs> to, to join them. Live, yeah. And live but on the Death Star. That's not the way he wanted to play that. No, no. Um, no. He's like, uh, you, you... And I to... think that, that Galen might have suspected as much before, <laughs> yeah, yeah. before, before the entire arrived. thing happened. Yeah. Um, but it is, there's this wonderful shot of... Well, first of all, let's talk about the film's, the film's opening, right? Because the film's opening, it opens... Uh, one of the things I like is that it's directed by Gareth Edwards, who did uh, like Monsters, starring Scoot McNary, uh, who has the best name ever. We've talked about <laughs> we've talked about him before, uh, and we'll talk about him again. Um, and it uh, he also did uh, Godzilla, which was not a great film, yeah, but which was not necessarily a great film, but which I think um, not ha- necessarily a good film, necessarily. A film. A terrible film. All right. Unnecessarily a film. <laughs> All right. All right. But the point. The point I'm making is that he has this wonderful sense of scale where he makes things... He tends to look at things from a smaller, more intimate perspective, which I liked about Rogue One in general. Oh, but, and, and I really liked how intimate Gojira was. I really liked how, 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 how they treated the... Um, <laughs> the, what, the title what, monster. What did Mothra want? That, these are the questions. These are yeah. the questions. No, but I, I what, 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 and for, like the, 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 the I have a lot. The, the person playing uh, Mothra, I believe, it was Andy Serkis. Was that was, was asking, just a guess? By the was way, was asking Gareth Edwards. What's um, my motivation? What's my motivation? Did you for just this guess thing? it was Andy Serkis because it was a CGI performance? <laughs> was it? <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. I did. Um, okay, anyway, yeah, so... I would be very surprised if Andy Serkis did play Matra yeah. destroying Hawaii. <laughs> but my point is that um, Godzilla had a lot of problems, chief amongst them being that it relied on the charisma of Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, which is like a negative sum quantity. But um, and if you'd focused on any other character in that film, it would be a much better film. But one of the things I liked about it was the sense of scale. Like you got a sense of like you were looking at the monster from a, a ground perspective. And that, I think, shines through in Rogue One, where you get this repeat, recurring sense of what it must be like to live under the foot of the Empire, to like live constantly in the shadow of like this, this vast, overwhelming power. And I mean, Edward sort of, he eschews a lot of the conventional choices when it comes to directing Star Wars films. So there's no opening scroll, for there example. There is. I, there's I, no opening I, scroll. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I that's that that's what I mean. Sorry, I should say there is not. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like I, I was disagreeing. Yeah, I was disagreeing with you. That would be really I was cool. not. Uh, uh, there is not. Yeah, there's there, also like the use of legends to establish location. What there's I meant also there, no Dan, is there is truth in what you are <laughs> saying. <laughs> but like he even assumes stuff like the uh, the star, you know, the famous George Lucas star wipes, where the the screen sort of wipes. I and feel it like there was one wipe. Okay. Was there not one wipe? I couldn't. I, for, I for, couldn't spot. I, 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 was, I was furiously writing notes in the dark while watching this movie. So I may, I may have missed it. But I did okay. think that, that Krennic had a wipe. Although, like, he, he, he was just so perfect in this movie that, <laughs> that he didn't need a wipe. No, no, he didn't. No. But, um, you don't look at Krennic and say, oh, you've got something there. On your I'll face I'll just give there, it a yeah. wipe. Yeah. But um, anyway... So the point is, um, it, it opens on the Urso farm. Mm-hmm. Krennic comes to visit. He's like... Ma- Mads Mikkelsen's playing Galen uh, Urso. Who is a good guy relative to most of the characters that Mads Mikkelsen is known for playing. He yeah. may design a deadly planet-destroying weapon, but he feels bad about it. Yeah. The idea is that... I only... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going to get that. I'm not going to get it. Not well, today. D- well, aspire towards it, but... Um, Basically, uh, Krennic is designing a giant planet-killing weapon because every empire needs to have one. Urso has did some design work on it and Krennic wants him to come back. And he's like, and it's great. You can bring your family too. They'll be hostage. I mean, it'll be hospitable. Um, yeah, I love I love the... Um, there is a line. Krennic is basically saying... Once you get to you get to have an up. He he's he's like pretending like like he's interested in convincing um, <laughs> Galen to come like um, peacefully yeah. peacefully. But it, I don't think he has any real interest. He's no. he's saying it like um, I kind of have to. Yeah, say Yeah, no, but not even that. He's 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 saying it with like a sort of a smirk. Like I know what you're going to do. I'm um, I'm I'm kind of ironically trying to talk you around to coming peacefully, but and he not. and he says you can bring peace to the galaxy, Galen. Don't you want that? And it's like you're confusing peace with terror, yeah, which, um, is a, which is a great Star Warsy says, line. Well, you have to start somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> which 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 is <laughs> amazing. It it's really... like well, like yeah, maybe we won't bring peace, but we will bring a lot of terror. And isn't that something? Isn't that the same thing in the end? <laughs> yeah. Without, there's even like there's Galen, just come or we will kill you. <laughs> yeah, Ben Mendelsohn is is brilliant at this because there's the wonderful moment where he's like, uh, "How's Laura and the kids?" And uh, Urso, who's trying to protect them, says they're dead. At which point, Krennic sort of pauses. He's like, what would a normal feeling human being do in this situation? He steps a little closer. He says, condolences. And then turns to the, the men in black carrying guns to search the house. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
so anyway, Urso is, is not cool. His wife is not cool. His wife shows up and shoots Krennic in the shoulder, which becomes a recurring motif, which I actually really liked. There's a nice little A lot of shoulder end. shooting. Well, a lot of Krennic shoulder shooting as well. Like, Krennic gets shot in the shoulder at the climax as well, which is a nice little bookend. Yeah. It's like every time he tries to kill Jin, he gets shot in the shoulder. K2SO also gets shot in the shoulder. Oh, he does actually. Good point, actually. A lot of shoulder shooting. A lot of shoulder shooting. From the hip. Because uh, the thing to remember is that... The shoulder is a vital area in the Star Wars universe. Well, it's 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 vital because it's not vital. It's like the stakes have been raised because somebody has been shot. But, but they're not dead. Yeah. Um, as a... There is, there, why Why are there shoulders? I mean, there's nothing there. Yeah, that serves no there, purpose. There's, 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 there's no there. heart or lungs. Yeah. I mean, presumably you could shoot one of those um, uh, tiny sniper guys in the shoulder and he would immediately die. Yeah. Because that is where all of his vital <laughs> organs are stored. Logically. You're talking about the adorable little guy yeah. who stages the... Uh, <laughs> and he gets killed, by yeah. the way. Yeah, this Small is the kind of movie matter. we are. This it's, is the, yeah, this is the kind of movie we are. Even the cute comic relief gets brutally murdered. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 don't call, don't hear him. Don't don't have him hear you calling him cute. He's <laughs> <laughs> badass. To be fair, yes, it's establishing <laughs> sort of yeah, the little critter. <laughs> he goes around. <laughs> Ah, kill, kill, kill! <laughs> yeah, his establishing shot is him crouched on the cover, stroking a machine. <laughs> I've noticed a lot of you are stroking guns. <laughs> so I'll get straight to the point here. But anyway, so Krennic... This uh, place about to kick off. What makes you say that? <laughs> <laughs> little guy stroking a gun. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to kill so many people. <laughs> so many Imperials. Um... But yeah, so Krennic basically convinces, um, convinces. Uh, <laughs> What's that character's name? Can Which, we find that out now? The little guy, isn't it? The little you, guy. You know to the, the fact the, machine. To the fact machine. Um, we're we're going to call it quit? No. <laughs> we can't return from the fact <laughs> machine with no facts. We need to. Um, well, we'll just call him Shorty. No. No, that's not where that's not what happens in the fact machine. We we cannot mind, come back from new, the fact machine. This is a new release, no though. I don't even know who he has a <laughs> name. Everyone in this movie has a name. I know they did do. Did you not see the credits? All of their stupid names are included. But how do we know which stupid name applies to him? Because somebody has asked that question online and got an answer. We just need to ask the right question. <laughs> Okay, we're back from what? the fact machine. We've, we've come up with a list of the members of Saul Guerrero's organization. Myself and Andrew are going to take turns guessing to figure out which one is the short gentleman stroking the gun. Yeah. Andrew. My first guess is Moroff. Is it Moroff, Andrew? He's, uh, he's of the species Gigoran. And there's no picture. So, uh, and he's, he's, he's got male. white hair, he's, though. Yeah, his hair is white. Okay. Um, so far, so good. <laughs> I feel like uh, the guy I saw was male. Was a male Gigaran mercenary who was active during the Age of Empire. Sell his brawn? Brawn and firepower. Believed there was money to be made for a heavy He wore gunner. a voice translator box. It's not him. This, yeah, it's starting to sound less like him. Okay. Okay, uh, so what are by, our options? By, by, <laughs> back to the list of partisans. All right, so I'm going to go with, is it, is it Edrio? Do we do Edrio? Edrio? Edrio. Okay. Clicking Edrio. No, it's not no, Edrio. It's not Edrio. Edrio is the head henchman with the mask over his face. Yeah, um, he's yeah. the guy. He's, who... he's of the Tognat species. All right, so Andrew, your turn to guess again. I love how incredibly detailed the Star Wars universe is. Yeah, like, where absolutely everything. It's not enough to say it's there's three aliens here. 
No. Here are three aliens with their names and backstories and origin. I, I, so hope, I hope he's not unidentified Lassat mercenary. Well, I hope he's not Magva Yaro. Or um, anybody who doesn't have a link. Or anyone who doesn't have a link. This guy could not possibly not have a link. Um, I'm going to guess next. Weetief QB. Weetief CUB. Weetief QB. It's <laughs> the short man stroking the gun, basically. <laughs> yeah, one of the best things about this movie. Is I'm the... going to make him my uh, cover photo, I think, on Facebook or something. Like yeah, or that. the uh, yeah, your Twitter handle. My Twitter handle. Of yeah. Weetief uh, <laughs> Yeah, What were we even talking about before we got on to him? So let's talk more about <laughs> Weetief Kyubi. He's uh, of the Talpini species, obviously. Yeah. He's all man. Yeah. Uh, his, his hair, hair colour is white. White. His, his eyes, eyes are, are blue. blue and it's okay we don't need, need, need to so know we'll, his race yeah well wikipedia is like a skin color <laughs> skin color <laughs> yeah. um, but we'll talk more about that later um, wikipedia is very uh wookie centric <laughs> uh, they believe that 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 that's a lot of, of wookie pride yeah and, uh, involved and, yeah 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 wookie nationalism like, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of all right Wookie stuff. Uh, what were we even talking about before we got on to talking about this gentleman? <laughs> that is a good question. <laughs> you have to start somewhere with the terror. Dago Luna, that's who we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about yeah, Dago Luna. Exactly. And we're talking about, say, the attack in the, <laughs> they, in the square. Because <laughs> the, the Rebel Alliance in this is very clearly meant to be, um, it's meant to be like a commentary on, say, Iraq and Afghanistan. So like when they go to Jeddah, you find that the Empire has toppled all the religious symbols. It's dismantled the temples. It's harvesting natural resources and taking them overseas. So it's we were meant much... to be telling the story of the movie as yeah. briefly as we could and ended <laughs> up talking about Wee Teeth. Uh, um, Don't check it again. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and how he was put in the movie to make Diego Luna seem tall. Yeah. <laughs> um, along with Felicity Jones. Yeah. Um, Felicity Jones and um, Wee Teeth Cuby standing next to each other are actually the same height. Yeah, it's very hard to tell. I, I But I, I like that. Like, I think Luna was very, very good. In this. Very good. I think. Well, we I like how he killed somebody uh, very, very early. Who, yeah. by the way, was a good guy. He was like, yeah. "Oh no, I've got no arm. I'm never going to be able to climb up that." Arm. It's okay. And take a Luna's Everything is going to be all right. You're dead. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no. Don't pity need for you, you slowing me down now <laughs> that I've got salient information from you. Yeah, and I, I like I like that though about it because when you watch the original Star Wars films, there's a certain like sanitariness to the way the rebellions treated like oh yeah that, and like, and that's something that i hated about those movies was was and it, it made it seem more like like a kid's movie in that kids don't understand nuance yeah. it's, it's either good or, 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 evil. or evil i mean like and there's even elements of that in rogue one where they have the um the costuming like you can tell the rebels wear the same hats as the empire as the empire death gunners except they're white they're the ones with the long backs Mm. It's like the rebels wear white hats with long backs, whereas the Imperials wear black hats with long, long backs. Yeah. And that's how you know they're evil. Except in Rogue One, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of evil guys wearing white. Yeah. Rocking it as well. Yeah. Good old Krennic. On fleek. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I really like that the, the introduction of sort of like a moral complexity, the idea that Dago Luna was like had brutally murdered people like that when you run a, a rebellion like that you're it's going like to do nasty things better han solo in fairness there are going to be <laughs> darren is a shocked look in his face what? there's going to be a lot of people very upset <laughs> when, when i say but, that well here's the thing right i one of the things and again we talked about how rogue one is basically it's a collection of like 
to quote Game of Thrones, uh, bastards, cripples, and broken things. Like it's a bunch yeah, of and a lot of accents and, and a lot of diversity, which is really great, which we yeah. all love. And there are some segments of Star Wars fandom that do not love these things, unsurprisingly. <laughs> like I mean, there's um, I mean, obviously, I hated Ghostbusters that that horrible remake they made in it, where 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 they where was, was women, where was women, like women using proton packs. What a terrible, crazy idea. Yeah, like was next thing you know, little girls will want to be dressing up as them and playing as them, and that we can't just we can't have that. Uh, uh, like they'll think that they're equal. Yeah, I mean, uh, we can't have that. Oh, I actually quite like Ghostbusters. I really like Ghostbusters. Should call it Ghost Scrubs, um, also have... known as Busters. Well, I liked. Um, actually, we, we won't get we won't dwell too heavily on Ghostbusters, but I really liked that it leaned into that criticism. Like the moment it became obvious that oh, there were amazing. a bunch of a bunch of insecure men online who are like, "Oh my God, there's women killing ghosts. This is terrible." The movie was and, but, obviously hastily ended to add a whole bunch of like castration imagery. Yeah. Every yeah. time that uh, Kate McKinnon was designing something, it was always like a Venus flytrap or a bear trap or something that was yeah basically vagina denta except for kids. Uh, which I really loved about the film. It's like if you're going to get that sort of criticism that you're, you know, you're, you're. Um, yeah. By the way, I didn't think I, uh, Ghostbusters wasn't as good as I hoped it was going no, to be. But it but, was good. But it was good. Yeah. It, 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 was, it, it, it was also not as bad as people hoped it would be. It would be. Yeah. yeah I think, I th- that... I think the, the 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 trolls on on the internet were hoping that this was going to be just as terrible time. as they had already decided it was. <laughs> And and the the people who um, were disgusted by the kind of reaction that it had provoked, yeah, we're hoping one, it would be brilliant. We're hoping it would be brilliant, and I don't think it was either of those. No, things. it was it was it was halfway between the two. But I mean, it was a weak summer, so I would argue yeah, it was yeah. one of the stronger films of the summer. But there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that reaction to um, to this, where mm. the cast consists of there's not a single white guy, uh, there's not a single white American hero in this. The the only white guy. No, there there is there there's there's a white British hero. Krennic. Krennic, yes. No, well, okay, first of several things with that. Um, <laughs> Hold first, on, Andrew. Yeah. Hold on for just one second. <laughs> just one second while I hit you. Uh, first thing, actually, um, he's he was, actually he was intended as, yeah, as, as, as a, a villain. villain. But, and he's uh, Australian. Yes. Oh, I, I can see now why. Uh, yeah. That was, what's the difference? Well, here, what's the, uh, any, any Aussie listeners, you're, you're, you're just palms in disguise. Okay, they're gonna love that. There, there, there's, 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 there's gonna be. I like lots, how lots Anderson... of Star Wars fans, lots of Australians, yeah, um, and lots, lots of lots Turinians, of, and lots of trolls, uh, internet trolls who really hate us. But and space trolls and space trolls—they're the worst sort of trolls. But in terms of so, we'll talk about Krennic in a little bit, and I think him being Australian is a big thing for his character. But we'll we'll circle back to that. Right. Andrew's looking at me like I'm you crazy person. You know? <laughs> um, you're just there's going to be a twenty minute discussion of Australia's place in the world. Yeah, we're, going, we're this is just my desperate attempt to win back the Australian fans you've alienated. But one of the things there was a huge reaction online from Star Wars fans, and this is one of the things I'm actually surprised I got on to two fifty. Because there was, even before it was released, there was a sizable block voting on IMDb to give it ones, even though it hadn't been released. Um, from, yeah, from fans who were preemptively worried about, was it the argument that Jin is a Mary Sue and all this sort of stuff? And it doesn't feature a white hero, so it's obviously not as good as the ones that had Mark Hamill and, and Harrison Ford. This is, this is one of the things that fascinates me. Why are white men on the internet so threatened by stories that do not center around white men? Because, Darren, it's... You're, 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 you don't understand, Darren, how, how much strength and privilege we have. You just want to give it away, like at the soonest 
possible opportunity. Darren, you're either with us or you're against us. Have okay. some bloody pride. Have some, have some white pride. Uh, but it is, it's it's shocking how... Like, and you're straight, Darren. Yeah. So, um, straight, white and masculine. Straight, white, masculine, Darren. Yeah, giving away his his, his privilege. But I mean... I, this just... hard fought. Yeah, this hard fought and hard earned. <laughs> white men have hard done, earned. white men have earned it. The Roman it. Empire won this for you. Yeah, the, the, the American economy was built upon the, the backs and integrity of white men who kept slaves, damn it. But the... This really frustrates. I can't understand why this is such a threat. Like it's it's not as if there aren't a dozen other or two dozen other movies that have white protagonists released this year. Yeah, it's not as if like uh, also we 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 could have tons more movies and um, not not just movies. We 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 could have we could have so much taken away from us and still have yeah. so much and still be so fortunate yeah, and to, 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 to be born as the most in, entitled um, social group like yeah. it's like, like the Venn diagram subset we are like the people who protest this are like the Venn diagram subset of the most yeah. privileged people on this the planet this is, this is like Warren Buffett um, uh, say, 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 saying that he could he could probably he could probably afford to pay more taxes. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is what I, we're I, doing. I, yeah. I think white straight men could do with having a few less films where they're the center of attention. And we're not even that straight. No, we're not even. We're recording this in my bedroom to give an example <laughs> to people. But the um, it does, and it was the same thing with the Force Awakens, where you had this idea of like a cast that were that the primary characters were like a Puerto Rican, uh, uh, British, uh, yeah, a British African, uh, British and, Pakistani. Um, no, but the Force Awakens. It was. It was. John oh, Boyega sorry, sorry, pretty... sorry, sorry, sorry. I, yeah. I thought you were talking about Rogue One for a second. Okay. Um, and then obviously Ray, which is a woman, and then there's this argument that somehow this is like, oh my god, it's like we're being forced to experience different perspectives. It's like, why can't they be in? Some... Here, actually, here's here's. There, there was a moment where where I thought to myself, wait a second, aren't there's... aren't um. Aren't stormtroopers Maori? <laughs> <laughs> I did think that myself. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like aren't, aren't they all? Um, aren't they all clones? And then <laughs> it was explained to me that like no, 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 not all, not, 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 not all stormtroopers. <laughs> not all stormtroopers. Here's and like you want to talk about how this isn't just like trolls online who are doing this, right? This is uh, the Hollywood... like trolls under bridges as well, as well, and With billy goats. And Todd McCarthy, the chief critic at the Hollywood Reporter, like so, he, in his review of the film, he of, praised of, of which film of Rogue One of Rogue One of Rogue One. Uh, Todd He's Mc... talking about John Boyega's. Yeah, he well, he praises he praises uh, Felicity Jones, but he says what the film really lacks is a strong and vigorous male lead, such as Han Solo or Finn in The Force Awakens, to balance more equally. He's trying it... to cause yeah. um... none of the men here have real physical or vocal stature, nor any scenes in which they can emerge from the pack in a way that engages an audience enthusiasm. Both Luna and Ahmed have proved themselves repeatedly in big screen television performances, but their characters never pop here. Given that Jin is rather less gung ho and imposing than Ray, there's an overall feel of less physical capacity. Like there's there's a sense that no, the movie does not need a traditional male lead. Like I like that the the Or at least a female lead with traditional male characteristics. Yeah. One of the things the I love... she kicks a good amount of ass. She just does it in a very... Um... Different way. Like, I mean, as you, we pointed out, like, Felicity Jones is not a physically imposing performer. No. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I think I think Felicity Jones is brilliant at this. Nor is Diego Luna. No. But, uh, like, what, what, what was nor, Gareth nor Edwards is thinking? Ahmed. Yeah, nor at is... some point, the producers were like, Gareth, get this together. All these people are short. 
all these, people, like, all these people are short character actors. Yeah, um, and it's like, hi, I have a droid. I have a droid. He's, he's, he's a really a, tall droid. It's like, all right, Garrett, but you're on. You're on warning. Yeah, he better be played by the guy who voices the chicken yeah. and Mona. You must be this tall to get into this scene. Yeah, but um, and I really like that. I like the sense that it is the film is populated by characters who would be losers in any other Star Wars film. Like the the and that that goes for Krennic as well. Let's let's talk about Krennic actually, because we want to talk about Krennic. Krennic, Krennic is awesome. Yeah, um, Krennic is brilliant. One of the things I like about Krennic is he's so the actor is Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn, who yes. is who is great. He's been in absolutely everything from like he was in Vertical Limit. We discovered to our joy. Yeah, uh, which he, feels like he has that be. wonderful capacity to be in everything and be and completely not be forgettable. Remembered. Yeah, he was in The Dark Knight Rises. He was in The Edge of Tomorrow. He was in Lost River. He was in The Place Beyond the Pines. He's a fantastic actor, uh, but he's a very naturalistic performer. And one of the things I liked about his role in, in Rogue One is that he's a different sort of Imperial officer. Like after, say, obviously James Earl Jones is Darth Vader, but like Palpatine, uh, Ian McDermott. There were like Tarkin, three or four different people as Darth Vader, weren't there? Yeah, well, in terms of body, but in terms of voice, it was always James Earl Jones. Right. But uh, if we're talking in terms of stuff like uh, even the supporting actors like Julian Glover, um, all these characters have this fine British enunciation where you can hear every syllable that they say. Right. And there are points when Ben Mendelsohn, with his Australian accent, and he's kind of like Mads Mikkelsen, in that when he's talking, you understand what he's saying, even if you don't get every word. Where, like, he'll step close and say, Galen, I want you to shoot him. And it's like, okay, I understand what he conveyed with that line. That's, that's very offensive to Australian people, Darren. I understood every word. But I think, like, casting him as Australian is a way of, like, underscoring the difference between him and... Sorry, the... I don't think he was playing an Australian in this <laughs> yeah, movie. It's a galaxy far, far away. Okay, casting an Australian for the role and having him not disguise his accent. In the same... Like, Bendelson can disguise his accent. He does it very well in, say, The Dark Knight Rises. But Mendelssohn not disguising his accent in this... Particularly when he shares so many scenes. it well enough for me. So. Yeah, okay. Oi, Vida! Give, <laughs> give, give, give the Emperor... Uh, yeah. my... you'll, you'll tell the Emperor, will you? <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll tell the Emperor I did a great job, won't you? Oi, fair Shirley there. But uh, we apologise to the people of Australia uh, for our comments. And to Ben Mendelsohn in particular. But I think the that's cast, his true voice. That is his true voice. But <laughs> casting Ben Mendelsohn in the role and having him speak in that voice provides a nice contrast with, say, Tarkin, who sounds like Charles Dance. He's, he's played by Peter Cushing's ghost um, and the, CGI. Uh, like, upsettingly, CGI I, Tarkin. I liked CGI Tarkin. Like, I, 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 was, I was in the cinema and I heard people, like, gasp. Like, <laughs> what? But with, with gasp in horror? I, surprise, I couldn't or... tell. Uh, okay. I imagine there are a lot of people who are like, oh, God, that's exciting. I, I heard people in watching the credits seeing Skywalker sound or something, which is like a division of Lucasfilm. Yeah. And they were excited by the words Skywalker. Skywalker. They, they were like, <laughs> look, look, Skywalker. It's a Skywalker. Star Wars film. <laughs> it's that white guy from the other movies. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness for that. But I mean, um, I quite like the CGI Tarkin. Uh, here's actually, I've got a, this is a, another funny story. Years ago, I went to see. Um, they've, they've changed the name of the character from Grand Moth Tarkin to CGI Tarkin. Yeah. But um, have you seen Tron Legacy? Um, no. Okay. Well, in it, there's a, like, it's like a test run for this. There's a, there's a version of Jeff Bridges that they've uh, de-aged using CGI. 
And so when I went to see it with somebody I went to see it with. I believe they do de-aged uh, Jeff Bridges at that new restaurant in Temple Bar. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a Californian thing, but it's really catching on here. Uh, de-aging Jeff Bridges. Yeah, you can ask for it aged. But, but it, it doesn't taste as good. No. The flavour sort of drains. But uh, it's, it's horrible. The CGI is terrible. But I went to see it with somebody telling them that there'll be two versions of Jeff Bridges in this film. One of them will be the real Jeff Bridges and one of them will be the CGI Jeff Bridges. And they spent millions on the CGI Jeff Bridges. And after we came out of the film, she sort of sighed and she went, they spent millions on that CGI Jeff Bridges. It was terrible. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, they just CGI'd a beard onto him. And I'm like, no, that, that, was, that was the real, that was the real Jeff Bridges. Um, to which, my, my, to which my, my partner responded, oh, I thought he just had really terrible plastic surgery. Um... But well, yeah. no, uh, Jeff Bridges' plastic surgery is top right. It's absolutely top notch. We won't have that be smirched here. But yeah. Tarkin is is played by a bunch of CGI. Grand, grandmother Tarkin. Grandmother Tarkin. And he provides a nice contrast to Krennic. Because Krennic is really desperate. Like, there's this nice recurring theme in the film where... where <laughs> Krennic can't seem to take a hint that it's probably best I'm, to remain below the parapet. I'm, I'm not going to come back just to, just to massage your, your ego, Krennic. I, I know that your career is very important to you, but I want to be a farmer. And it's like, I need you for this, please. Please, man. I, I gotta get... Grandmother Tarkin is really coming down on me. I want to, I want to invade her to say some nice things about me. And then he didn't say any nice things about me. So a, I asked him to say some nice things about me and he's not choking me. There's a really great please scene. Please come back. There's a really great scene where they're testing the weapon on Jeddah. And yeah. like Grand Grand Moff Tarkin is like, uh, so we're ready to go. And uh, like Krennic just sort of looks around as if to say, Veda and the Emperor aren't here. It was the least they could do to show up for the test. And he was sort of just sitting there going, does this guy ever watch a Star Wars movie? <laughs> like, like, you don't want to be the Imperial guy in the room with the Emperor or Vader. Because you know, that best case scenario is you get to survive and walk off screen with a light scolding. <laughs> the worst case scenario is you get beheaded and sort of like your your yeah. subordinate gets promoted. I thought I thought that the 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 scene later in the movie. By the way, Darth Vader is in this movie. He is a lot. Yeah. Um. And the way the way they introduced Darth Vader, I thought was very good. Interesting. Because it reminded me of a movie that we talk about a lot on the two fifty. That's not on the two fifty. Robocop. When when we're first all movies can be reduced to Robocop. Exactly. Yeah. When we're first introduced to Robocop, they do it in stages. Yeah. So we see from from first person view. Yeah. First. Yes, when he's so walking we're, in, we're, yeah, when we're, he's walking in these We're looking the through the eyes and it's it's gradually um You see the body and yeah, the yeah. shape. Yeah, yeah. You actually see its reflection. Yeah. Um and then you see it through through like it's through the crowd it's, or whatever. It's yeah. it's silhouette through a window and you see like part of it going through a door and then you yeah. see it from the back yeah. and then eventually you 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 see it from the front and like it's it so it's a very slow reveal. It builds they, up and it's yeah. they do the same with Darth Vader. Where yeah. they where 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 they open it up and there's a lot of kind of smoke and stuff and you can't really see it and you still don't see it. And then you um, see and then, to the west. And, yeah, and 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 uh, again, it opens up and there's and there's smoke and it's slowly coming out of it. And 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 I thought I thought that they did that very, um, I guess, suspensefully. Like, they, but it, but again, there's a sense of I felt like it was it was an obligatory sort of cameo that distracted from 
the film. I would have agreed with you up until the point, like, like, um, they. Because Krennic, Krennic goes to visit Vader, basically, on Vader's, like, private little world that he's designed to look like Lord of the Rings. The whole purpose of the visit seems to be... Let's get Vader in this movie. Well, no, no, it, it's for, for Krennic to say, uh, I was just in there, you are not in the area. <laughs> yeah, just that I pop by, right. you see how things are going. Uh, tell me, tell me, Krennic, what had you in this area? <laughs> and it's like, well, I, I was I was just Running popping errands, by to one yeah. of the shops. Yeah. Uh, there's a really nice uh, place, does brunch. It's like, yeah. you came here to show <laughs> off, Krennic. Yeah. Let me choke you. It's <laughs> like, you like that, Krennic. And Krennic, Krennic kind of likes it as well. He does. <laughs> he kind of smiles. He's like... A finally acknowledged. Even yeah. though he choked me. He still he knows me. I existed. Yeah, he knows yeah. I existed. Because yeah. there's, there's the, the bit where he's like... Where Vader's like, make sure that there are no weaknesses in the Death Star. And he's like, so that means I'm still in charge, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> which is not the thing that you answer back to that. It's like, yeah, I'll make sure of that. So like, so just so we're clear, I'm still the boss, right? So I'm still the boss. It's not Grandmother Tarkin. It's like... Grandmother talking is still the grandmother, but you're the daddy. <laughs> but um, and Vader is really sassy in this film, actually. Oh yeah, because I, I like I, I, I um, J- James Earl Jones. The, is, the 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 voice was slightly off, and then I found out that it was actually James Earl Jones. Yeah, who who, who is now who, like eighty seven. Yeah, in twenty sixteen hasn't taken James Earl Jones yet. Stop that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> James Earl Jones is, he's only 96. Uh, 86. 86. He'll be fine. Uh, I, I'm imagining it now like they're keeping him in the like the Vader sort of yeah, stage. Where, yeah. Where they have like the red robes and they go in and get him every. Yeah. There's a lot of kind of, there's a lot of, a um, lot of, uh, yeah. He's, he's, he's like, um, Saw, Saw Guerrera. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. One of the things I liked about it is the because Saul Guerrero is like he's the idea of extremism and violence and like played by idea, Forrest Whitaker. Played by Forrest Whitaker. Um, which do you want to talk about him for a little bit? Or yes, I. Don't... <laughs> but... I, feel, I feel like I. It's an amazing uh, vocal choice by Forrest, <laughs> Forrest Whitaker. Whitaker. Most of his Forrest Whitaker doesn't quite talk like that. No, it's close. Yeah. What about save the empire? Save the dream. The 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 empire. Or my favorite one. Flags raining Uh, over the galaxy. uh, Hold on, wait, wait. Because Saul Guerrero is the leader of a bunch of extremists on Jeddah, and it's suggested that he's like a rebel equivalent (laughs) of Darth Vader. If he he had taken that gas, if if he had been talking and he was just like lies, lies, all lies, and then. Lies, uh, lies, lies, <laughs> yeah. all lies. Sorry, sorry. Had sorry. to, had Catch to, in the throat. Had, had to take some of that gas. But um, Sogar is he's he's a terrorist operating on Jeddah. But one of the things is he's introduced obviously as a counterpart to Vader. So Vader is more machine than man at this point, and Guerrera is very much he's very much introduced as an alternative to to Vader. Like, it's the idea that war. He's like one of those pirates. All of the parts are like, he's are got the now. hook and the peg leg. He does like boat, the first shot you see legs. of him. First shot you see of him is the little peg leg <laughs> moving along the ground. And there's a great bit where it's like where, um, where Jin comes to visit him and he's like, did they send you? Have you come? <laughs> To oh, kill me. To kill and, me. And Please then, kill me. And then he says, there's not much of me left. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're like, yes, I get the symbolism here. Yeah. I get the symbol. I might look big, 
But very little of me is me. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is not a mint edition Saul Guerrera. This um, is basically a head and a bit of a spinal column. <gasps> even On that... a pair of lungs that are not quite big enough. <laughs> yes. But even like the heavy breathing device is clearly meant to be like Bar- a Vader's sort of... Yeah, yeah, it's a, um, it's he's 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 a budget, uh, a budget Vader. Vader. He's an Asda Vader. <laughs> yeah, um, or like like you get, get your Vader in Iceland, um, <laughs> yeah. the, the ice planet the of hot. Yeah, version is, of is, is 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 what that supermarket is called. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in, 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 but Peter Andre still does the ads, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, <laughs> but the uh, and actually one of the things I do like about it is the sense that like. In Rogue One, war takes a cost. Like, the entire cast of the primary cast, which I, I really like all the primary cast, but they're all people who have been scarred horribly by what's happened. So, like, Jin lost her family and is... So we're all rooting for them and we hope that they'll, they'll be They'll okay survive the and end. recover. And, like, um... Phil... <laughs> <laughs> Andor is, like, grizzled and sort of, like, he's unshaven and he's barely holding himself together and he's done horrible things in service of the Rebellion. We like, Teeth QB. K- 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 what? We 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 Teef QB is also being true a lot. Yeah, he has. He he yeah. carries his scar it's not on the his inside. First rodeo. No, was it? There's a great line where somebody's like, where Andor's like, I've never been in a worse prison than this. And like the obligatory Jedi mystic characters, like some people carry their prisons around with them. Yeah. Um, which is like you, for example. Just in I'm case you don't get that, that you're you're yeah. a you're, gnarled up person. You're a horribly horribly yeah. scarred. Individual. I may be blind, but I'm perceptive. <laughs> yeah. As is the style of the love, 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 well, I love, love that character. Well, I love the entire cast. To be honest, the, like, absolutely. So, like for example, we're thinking of. Um, so we're talking now about Sharut uh, Imwe, who is played by Donnie Wen. Yeah, who is also Blaze Movis is in is with him as well. Yeah, here's the thing, and this is something I've seen hotly discussed. Do you think Sharut and Blaze were lovers? This is something I've seen sort of bandied around the internet. Really? Yeah. Baze Malbris and Charette yeah. Mway. So, Charette Mway is the blind... Is that how we say it? I, do, I don't think that as, the as, Jeddah as, Council's as, going to get on to <laughs> us about this. But he's basically... I feel like the internet will have something to say about this. Charette is a former... He's. It's not sure if he's We haven't even mentioned K2SO yeah. at, 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 at this point. Well, we, K2SO... We will have a lot to say about K2SO. We will K2SO, have a lot to say about K2SO. But um, let's talk about Sherut and Blaze for a little yeah. while. So, so Sherut is, he's a former guard of the temple, uh, on, yeah. uh, which the is in Kyber, um... Kyber crystals. Yeah. Um, he's implied to be force sensitive. Uh, here's the thing. I wonder, he carries a walking stick around, but at the top of the walking stick, you can see what looks like a handle. So part of me is wondering, is that a lightsaber? Yeah, he, I was at, feeling at some at some point he on was the beach, turn it on. I thought I thought it was going to suddenly like turn on. Yeah, or or that he would like put a bit of kyber crystal well, in. Well, that's why he he's introduced the first. His first line is saying that he trade Jin a glimpse of her future for a kyber crystal. And yeah. It turns out neither of the men's up particularly satisfied. No. Um, yeah, Chirrut doesn't get that kyber crystal, and Jin doesn't really get a future. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, if if she had actually made, <laughs> trade. made that trade, they would have been much better off. Yes, but sadly they don't. But he's blind now. Uh, but he's he's tuned to the Force, and he repeats the forces with I'm with the Force, the forces with me. I'm with the Force, the forces with, with me. me. As a sort of a mantra. Which yeah, is... he was blinded when he looked into one of the five suns, and it's difficult not to look into the sun. 
when they're everywhere. Yes, as they seem to be in the Star Wars universe. And he's guarded by Bays, who used to be a guard and now carries what appears to be like a submachine gun. They were both guards, weren't they? I thought Sharut was possibly a monk, but I don't know. Uh, well, isn't the argument that, like, when they're captured together, um, Bays complains about, like, Sharut praying to lift the door. And Sharut's response is that Bay this upsets Bays because Bays actually believes that he can do it. Like, the mm. idea is that Bays was a guard and was the most faithful of guards. I don't know if Sharut was a monk or if he was a guard himself. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we could go to the fact machine to find no, out all after, about this nonsense, but we're not going to. We're not to. going to after that. We draw a line under we, it. We do. But I thought, do you I think thought there that were was well worth it, actually. Yeah, in the end. Do you think uh, Do you think, do I a couple, think they were a couple? A romantic couple? Because here's... I don't know. I mean... When, uh, when Sharut dies at the end, spoiler alert, they all die. Um, yeah. And not in, not in like the existential everybody dies sense. Yeah. But they, they they kind of die for each other. Well, well no, Bay, not... Bay sort of cradles Sharut in his hand, in his arms, and there's like a moment where Sharut sort of reaches up to graze his cheek. Now he is blind, so yeah. to be fair, it's not necessarily a sort of a sexual or romantic gesture. I I think maybe uh, maybe maybe. Maybe like you and I, Darren, they 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 had they had these uh, feelings for each other that but they could never that they admit. never made them physical. Yeah, yeah. In 2016, there's a tendency to have gay characters in films but minimize them. So, for example, in Independence Day Resurgence, which is terrible, uh, Brent Spiner's character is revealed to be gay uh, because at the very end he holds hands with his partner, his heterosexual, who you thought to that moment was a heterosexual life mate, but suddenly is like stitching stuff for him and mending stuff for him. And staying by his bedside. Or like in Ghostbusters, for example, Kate McKinnon's character uh, was suggested to be gay after the fact. Even though they couldn't confirm it in the movie because Sony wouldn't allow that. Or even say Sulu in the new Star Trek film where he's revealed to have a family. Uh, which consists of a husband and a child. But the only thing oh, they I can haven't act- seen that. Oh, uh, it's not really a spoiler, I don't think. I hope not. It's not a spoiler. But the only thing they can show is they don't show them kissing. They show his husband holding the baby, him walking over, and him putting his hand on his back as they walk away together. I'm not going to see the movie now. I, I, Do you feel I, like the moment's I, been ruined? Yeah, the the um, my my Sulu is heterosexual. He's the George Take. Yeah. <laughs> who's, 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 who's... Yeah, no, Take was really upset by it because he felt that it was a Next you'll be saying George Take is gay. Yeah, I would never, never rob you of that, that illusion, Andrew. But Take did argue that, yeah, the argument was that because he was gay, Sulu was gay. And I can understand that. And I think that's... It seems very much that way, doesn't it? Well, there's also the fact that Sulu is the seems only... Seems lazy. I would... You just don't like the new Star Wars, Star Trek films. I would argue that the Sulu is the only character you could conceivably do. That I mean, with. it's not it's not that I don't like them. It's that they They're... are rubbish. <laughs> just so yeah, them. yeah. It's 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 not it's not that I have a strong opinion on it. It's that the movies are terrible, objectively terrible. <laughs> All right, but back to to Star Wars in terms of Sharut and Bays. So I think I wonder like if they are gay, it feels like an underwhelming representation. It feels like. You know, it feels like pandering or it feels like, what's what's the term they use? Queer baiting. Where it's like you set up characters as... I didn't even think of that once. You didn't um, even think that? Okay, you didn't no, see No, but you, you thought it was too subtle. You wanted to see more, like, non-simulated... Sorry. <laughs> Putting I, well, words wanted, in your mouth. I wanted to see them... You wanted to see them well, uh, wanted, French kissing. Well, if, if gay like if, if, it, if gay characters exist, like, what, why can't you show them kissing like you do with heterosexual couples, for example? Why couldn't they have a moment that's as unambiguous as, say, even... Because it's gross, Darren. Nobody uh, wants to see that. Because those white men who are already exactly. upset at the film would yeah, be even more upset. They walk out of 
the like of the epic like battle we, sequence at yeah, the end of yeah. the film. They they'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. I came here to see uh, uh, millions 80, of 80. people on both sides being killed. I, I didn't come, come here. Love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man on man love. I liked it when those two girls kissed though. Yeah, that, that was good. That was much better. Um why if they if they were female that would be much better. I like the funny thing is that like you can you can criticize Sony say or Disney for for not making uh strong decisions on these things or for representing um, but the fact is that it's straight, the it's it it is the audiences, and it's not as if it's not as if um, it's not it's not just the representation of uh, gay people versus straight people. It's more um, it's 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 also the reality of it is that it's more difficult for a gay couple to walk down the street holding hands. Yes. Than it is for 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 a straight couple. But it's, on the other hand, this takes place in a galaxy far, far away. Like it's it's not as if there's a it's not as if like you look at the Star Wars universe and you think otherwise it's perfectly realistic. Like I was with you with Kyber crystals well, and midichlorians. It's the, but the, two the, gay people who can openly one, express their one love. One respect in which the the Rebel Alliance is 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 less uh, tolerant than the, than, than the Empire is is in their attitudes to LGBT issues. Um, in, and that doesn't come up much. No, no. In 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 the Empire, it's it's basically like um, ask, tell, um, <laughs> everything. Yeah, everything. We uh, just the Emperor hasn't have uh, fun. It's 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 yeah. It's, uh, it's a Death Star, not a Death Camp. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing, actually. In movies, it's okay for. Um, and in television shows too, um, if you want to represent people as evil or as villains, you make them very uh, camp and sexually ambiguous. <laughs> yes. Take take any any. Maybe we'll have some people here who are familiar with Deep Space Nine. Maybe they, we will. Yes. They 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 had a bizarro version of Deep Space Nine <laughs> yeah, where everyone universe. was bisexual, and that was how you knew they were evil and had no <laughs> yeah, morals. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we really like Sharut and Baze. Um and again, there's a sense of they're the broken and and crippled things like that. You know, much prefer Sharut to Baze. Well, Baze doesn't really get much to do apart from hang out with Sharut. Yeah. Like, um, and I really like their odd couple dynamic. Like, I really like that, like, Baze seems to do nothing but follow Sharut around. Yeah. And, like, he's resigned to that. Like, there's a great moment He'll where... He'll only shoot when required. Like, <laughs> there, there, there's... Um... He may carry a big gun, but he only uses it, like, three times. Yeah. The, um, Sharut will basically fight and kick ass up until the point where suddenly he's he's in... Um, a bit of a pickle where where he's in the soup yeah and where 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 Baze at that point is like okay now i'll help now i bail in yeah now. yeah well there's there's a great scene where where they land on the planet with uh with jin's father at uh, the imperial base there and Sharut sort of wanders after them and Baze is like ah good luck and he's like and Sharut's response is i don't need luck i've got you with me and Baze is like ah feck it yeah he's like okay i guess i have to join him now the expectation's been set i can't let the blind man wander off the cliff face by himself. Yeah. This isn't Ram. And then there's also Bodhi Rook, who is the the pilot who defects. Yeah. He's a cargo pilot for the Emperor for the Empire. He's convinced to defect by Galen. And he there's... believes that in doing so he can make it right. But after he defects, he's horribly tortured by Saul Guerrera. 
yeah, um, in he's... one of those great uh, those great Forrest Whitaker line deliveries where it's like an unfortunate side effect is that one tends to go mad. Bo- Bodhi, well, there are so many. Bo- Bodhi is another character in in this movie. Let let's maybe list them. Okay, Bodhi. Uh, you don't know what I'm listing yet, so okay. this might be difficult. <laughs> okay. Bod- Bodhi, I would say, um, Chirrut Imway, K2SO. K2SO, we haven't spoken about yet. No. Played by Alan Tudyk, the vo- voice. Yeah. And also played by, presumably, a robot. No, um, played by Alan Tudyk on stilts. On stilts? Yeah, he, he was on he set. He was inside. He was on set with them the whole time on and stilts. On stilts and they yeah. just CGI'd a robot on? Yep, yeah, basically so the actors could make eye contact with him. Okay. Apparently Dago Luna was, uh, had great fun with him. Fantastic. I would say so. Yes. The, 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 uh, uh, according to, and this is, this is related to your height criticism, because apparently Dago Luna's primary memory of filming Rogue One is st- spending the entire film at Alan Tudyk's crotch height. And that was before he put on the stilts. <laughs> Hi-o. Oh, we love um, you, Dago. We really do. <laughs> there, there are a number of characters. Okay, yeah. So you're who naming characters. Oh, okay. In, oh, you uh, mean like? Uh, you mean like? Yeah, what? I, I like uh, Riz Ahmed uh, playing uh, Bodhi Rook. Not, 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 not hilarious, but has his moments. Jared well, Imway, um, played by Donnie Yen. Well, Bodhi has his moments more at the start of the film. There's one of these, yeah. This is one of the things where I feel and like... Then it gets quite dark. Then it gets quite dark. Because <laughs> it's one of the things where I feel like... We'll probably talk a little bit about this in a moment where the film was like edited in post-production and stuff like that. Because like, Bodhi is initially introduced as a, as a pilot who defects and he's kind of comical in his first few scenes where he's yeah, like yeah. uh they didn't find it i told them where it was i'm uh totally cool are you saul oh oh you're saul oh this is kind of hilarious and then saul girl now like, you're calling him saul <laughs> better call saul better call saul and then saul is like okay better be safe better torture this guy at which point uh Bodhi becomes a lot less fun as a character yeah thank you for coming here but you're a liar and i'm going to torture you now and it's not going to be fun no. I've lost all sense of humor. Everything I have is very sincere. And earnest. And but, very earnest. But and then, it's like, no, 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 but like seriously, so I I have this and and I'm a defector. I gave this over. <laughs> yeah, so, so listen to me. Yeah. Listen to me, so. I, I am, it's like, silence. You're lying, and I've also lost my mind, and I'm... <laughs> I have I'm, a tentacle monster I have yeah, to feed. I'm put together with some pieces that I got out of the... Radio shack. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, after the torture, uh, Bodhi becomes a lot less fun as a character. But I feel like his arc was maybe truncated. Because you don't get... Like, after Bodhi's tortured, it's not that he becomes more serious and somber. It's that he stops doing anything, really. Yeah, like he's not being a focal point. He seems he he, he he just seems quieter. He, he seems to have reverted back to his basic programming, which <laughs> yeah. is like, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm Bodhi. I'm a pilot. Yeah, I fly planes, and it's like good Bodhi. <laughs> good, good, good Bodhi. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. He's 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 lost any sort of like any real spark personality. That made him, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like right, right, right. I'll I'll get the lead and I'll put it in the thing for the people. Um, I'm Bodhi. I'm what a is pilot. what is our call sign? Uh, our call sign. Yes. What is it we're doing? <laughs> it's like wake up, Bodhi. Yeah. I, I I know you've just had the brain sucked <laughs> out of you, and have been horribly tortured for trying to do Rogue the right thing. Face palm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 
There is no Rogue One. You had it's one like, job, yeah. Bodie. I, I do it's like... like I, I was under pressure. Nobody was suggesting anything <laughs> to me. And I said Rogue because we're a Rogue Squadron. We're going Rogue. It's what we're doing. And we're a squadron. But I... It's I, like, did you say Rouge? No, no, no. There's already a red squadron. I said Rogue. But I do Rouge like, it is. I, I like his half-hearted... Like, when the radio comes back and says, there's no Rogue Squadron, very matter-of-factly, his response is, uh, yeah... There is. <laughs> and you're like, that's totally convincing. Good, good job, Bodie. Nice, I, <laughs> nice dissembling there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's a sense that the entire cast is full. Line read, Riz. Uh, you're not really certain of, 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 of what the name of the ship is, even after you've stated it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't... So you're trying to convince... <laughs> this basic air traffic controller that you're genuine. I don't think it's a performance issue. I think Riz is great. <laughs> no, I think no, Riz no, Amid no. is great. I, I, th- I think, I think I, Riz I, Amid is great. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I do agree with you. Um, uh, so let's talk about K2 then, because you've been dying to talk about K2. K2, K2. So K2 so is good. brilliant. He's the... Um, he's First the- line is um, when, basically, he's introduced when... Jin <laughs> yeah. is uh, is liberated. Being, yeah, she's been taken on a on a uh, prisoner Imperial escort. Labor camp. Yeah, and she's rescued and ends up beating, beating the, the hell out, out, of, out of her rescuers. Runs out of the transport and gets clotheslined. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely clobber. And you see her like on the ground where her lung, her rib is seems to perhaps be broken, and she's having a difficulty to breathe. She's been struck quite. Uh, powerfully on the chest and, and has, has has come down perhaps just as fast yeah. and and then we look up and we see K2SO who is who is a reprogrammed imperial droid um who pre- presumably was 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 designed to escort people around and kill 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 sweet sweet yeah. sweet killing yeah. all that murder um and it's now with the rebel alliance um Put it put in the uh, tea lady program that that, that they got from C three PO. It hasn't quite it hasn't quite yeah, stuck, but you can see hasn't little bits of stuck. it. Yeah, it's yeah. little bits of it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's you're being rescued. Is, Congratulations, you have been rescued. Please do not resist. Um, um, and and uh, we we won't do it justice. The, the, Alan Tudyk does is such, such a great job on this, and I can imagine how much fun. It'll be for 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 well, li- like, I mean, little, we, little Diego Luna and we were little Diego Luna, but it Ka- is and Cassian Andor and you can see hero like, of the rebellion even in the CGI even in the CGI shots like the little gestures with his hands and stuff like that where you do get a sense that Tudyk was was performing. Hmm. But I mean, here's the thing: K two is also presented as a damaged, uh, like everybody else in the film. He's presented as a damaged and broken thing. Like yeah. he he speaks his mind with no filter, and Dago Luna hilarious. says Dago Luna says it's a result of his programming. Here's and he's also very weirdly protective of Cassian. Like oh, this. and and also I what I got from it, and I thought that it was it was maybe if we if we hadn't realized yet from the moment where where Diego, sorry, where Cassian, Cassian. <laughs> um, quite quite. Um, Brutally murdered. Remorselessly <laughs> murders. Who is it? Tivik? Yeah, his informant. Yeah. We also get a sense of how badass he is from another from another few little um, little um, tips of the hat. Where where where, for example, he's told, "Oh, by the way, change of plan. You're 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 not to bring back Galen Erso. Galen Erso is the 
for anybody listening to this who hasn't seen the movie, it won't make any sense. But you shouldn't be doing that anyway. Yeah, Galen um, is the man who designed the Death yeah, Star. Yeah, Galen's and he's the man who's father. Is Jin's father? Yeah. Um, Here's so the it, daddy stuff, by the way. Originally, yeah. Originally, Cassian but, is sent um, to in to the bring briefing, him back in the briefing, him. and he's like, "Forget about the briefing. You just go and kill him." And he's like. Right, yeah, that's easier. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> saves, saves me a bit of hassle. Saves me a bit of hassle. So we know we know that he's badass, but we also get that impression from when K two S O is pretending to be, and again is hilarious <laughs> in this scene where he's pretending to be um, a an imperial an droid that is escorting them. Yeah. and it's like, what is your business? And it's like. Um, I'm bringing what are you doing? These... No, what are you doing with these prisoners? Yeah. And because that's the we're prompt. going to prison. I'm going to imprison them. <laughs> I'm going to imprison them <laughs> in, in prison. <laughs> prison. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love the scene where the stormtroopers. And this is, I actually quite like the stormtroopers in Rogue One because they, there's a sense of them. Because if Rogue One is more of like a it's working like... class Star Wars film, there's a sense of like the stormtroopers, the the crap they have to put up. With. Oh yeah, you you see you see some re- you see some stormtroopers in like some of the more regional outposts, yeah. whose 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 budget doesn't extend actually keeping their uniforms clean and yeah. that they look they look like they're they're wearing these. Um, they they look sick and tired and uh, but even even like little bits of dialogue like for example when um, it's like when, oh so, they finally uh, they finally um, uh, replaced the T15s yeah something. yeah but, now has windows 8 yeah or when when Sharuth sort of intervenes and he's like let them pass and he's like walks into the middle of stormtroopers and like you can tell the stormtroopers had a really crappy day because they talk amongst themselves like what is he deaf too <laughs> which is I think perhaps the most human line a stormtrooper he is death yeah the most human line a stormtrooper's ever had yeah. um, it's like I've had enough today I don't need a monk waiting in here causing yeah. crap causing more trouble but yeah K2SO um, is, is brilliant but but that that um, and he has that, this really sort of this odd reaction to Jin where he's almost jealous of her where he's like there's a moment where they crash on the rock and he's like well okay if, if Cassian comes back we're leaving without her it's like, uh, or why does she get a blaster and I don't? Yeah. Or do you want to know what the odds are that she's going to use it against you? Not against us, against you. It's interesting, though, that you thought that K2 has a lot of affection for, for Cassian, which which is probably true. But uh, what came across to me and the point the point I was trying to make was, was, was that K2SO is afraid of Cassian. Oh, I think. okay. Yeah. That's what you got. Big, right? big, because there's a okay. moment where... Where they're kind of pantomiming, and uh, K two S L smacks Cassian in the face, oh, okay. and then afterwards says, "Like rather, I I did I didn't think it was kind of like, hey buddy, sorry about that. Oh. I thought it I I thought it was like, don't reprogram me. Uh, yeah, I'm I I I I really really I I'm I'm very very sorry for for hitting you, sir." And and, okay. and please don't reprogram me. I, I I thought it was another kind of way of restating the menace because at no point does Cassian go. Oh, don't, it's okay. Don't, don't worry about it. Man. No, he it's just okay. says, "Go he's, wait in the ship." Yeah, he's, he's just like, like, "We'll talk about this yeah, later." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you you'll you, <laughs> you'll suffer. You'll pay for this <laughs> if if I get around to it. <laughs> if I survive long enough. But anyway, so, yeah, that was that was that was that was another kind of uh, indication to to the audience. That uh, Cassian is a morally ambiguous character. Not a good person underneath it all. Uh, And here's the thing. When do you think... um, I feel like the film sort of... I think the first two acts are relatively tight and well-constructed. Like, I think that it flows relatively simply and straightforward. So, like, Jin goes to Jeddah 
uh, because she um, because she wants to find her father. Uh, well, because they break they free her, and then she goes from Jeddah to her father's um, base because she wants to uh, basically reunite with her father. After that, why do you think Jin goes becomes so committed to steal the Death Star plans? Like, because she follows the trail to her father. Her father dies. Right. Do you think there's sort of maybe a missing a missing character beat there where Jin, who has been fairly apathetic at that point, decides actually I'm all in on this rebellion stuff? Well, what you see, I the way I understand it is that um, at first Jin's attitude to the rebellion yeah. and her attitude to the alliance is ambivalence. Yeah. Because she was brought up in the rebellion to hate the alliance, but her father is a um, very important collaborator in the alliance. In the and empire. In, sorry, in the empire. And she, oh, can, oh, can, and, and she can't truly hate the uh, empire for that reason because it's difficult. Because there is something that she holds on to quite uh, dearly, which is both the memory of her father and the actual keepsake that the he crystal. gave to her and her memories of being his, his stardust and, yeah. and knowing deep down that, that, that he's a good person and that everything he does is doing to protect her and never to lose hope. But the, the empire also kills um, her mother where the ambivalence ends is when uh, she finds out that her father was not truly a collaborator. So once he built the, the yeah. system with a with a flaw. So she 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 may have have which have, way? she may have hated her father, but um, on some level because he had collaborated with the empire, but couldn't hate the empire because of he, he of, of her father. Which is, but 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 the the ambivalence and the confusion ends for her when she discovers that actually her her father was fighting the empire all along and and that that's he every 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 everything he did was um to protect what, yeah to, and to... and to have revenge for how the empire had destroyed his life and killed his wife yeah. which is by the way actually one of the nice um one of the nice sort of hints of moral ambiguity like we talked about how star wars generally black and white and what makes rogue one interesting is that sense of ambiguity but the idea that Galen uh, was not a collaborator, but that he was, you know, he accepted that if he didn't help, somebody else would and they get the job done better. So he complied to a certain extent while sabotaging it from within. So I think Please, that's... spare my... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, I'm not going to... <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I thought that was a nice little ambiguity, a nice little touch to sort of like it more nuanced than ever. Like, designing a super weapon is bad, yes. But if somebody's going to design it, might as well be somebody who's going to sabotage it, you know? Yeah. Who's going to build it with a vent port that will lead straight and to an easily destructible core. Fr- frankly, I can understand her her being... Well, she there's a few things. So, there, uh, what does the rebellion mean to her? She, she was part of... Um, the what do you call them? Are they the partisans? Yeah, the partisans. The uh, partisans. Basically, Saul Guerrero's little rebel band. Yeah, his exactly. extremists. As, so as she was soured by that because because basically Saul Guerrero 
Let, 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 yeah, he left her in in like a um, in a hole with uh, with a blaster. Was it with a blaster and a knife? Yeah, yeah. At some point, after finding her in a hole <laughs> with less than a blaster and a knife, he says, "Go back to the hole." But this time, <laughs> you'll have a blaster. And a you'll knife. have a blaster and a knife because you know when it comes down to it, you're a liability, and that's basically the reason he gave. No, oh, hell for, on. this is, this is like, the reason he gives that basically. Yeah, other people were starting other to figure people out. People were starting to figure out that you were bad news. <laughs> we felt this might affect our chances of achieving our aims, <laughs> so we left you. We left you in a hole, uh, but I thought you're going to be cool. Um, you're, you're a survivor. Fine. You're already the best soldier in my division, and you're already fifteen. Yeah, and like that's the best time, really, For, to be left alone in a to hole. To be left with alone a in a hole. With a Did you figure out your latent sexuality? Yeah. Bye. I like how I like how, how Forrest Whitaker suddenly I, became like stage uh, Irish there for a little bit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> your latent sexuality. Yeah, um, it's like I figured the reason, the real reason why he left her in a hole was because he wasn't comfortable, kind of like um, <laughs> explaining like the changes that her body was going through. <laughs> it's like all of that women stuff really freaks me out. I don't you even have any man stuff left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my man stuff was blasted off me many, many years ago. Um, I but, have a peg for that too. But um, well, here's the thing, and we're probably talking about this when we, when we talk about the climax. But a lot, it seems like a lot of the Saw Gerrera stuff got trimmed from the film because we watched the oh, yeah. trailers before we we talked about this. And there's a lot of footage that is in the trailers that doesn't make it into the film. A lot of that comes from the third act, but there's a lot of stuff with Saw where he's bald. Yeah. Which is it's the very start of the film, as opposed to later on when he has his crazy man hair. Which I like to imagine he got implanted with the peg leg. It was like a yeah. special offer. Also plugs. <laughs> also... <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, there's stuff like where he's like, what will you do? Can I get some Cialis for my peg? <laughs> yeah. And some plugs, please. <laughs> I want a Richard Gere look. Like Pretty Woman. But um, so there's a bit where he's like, what will they do if they catch you? What will you do if they break you? And you get a sense that in the original cut of the film, maybe you got to see a little bit of that horrible parenting that he did. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but at some point, Disney were like, kind of like, there's enough bad dad stuff in this as it stands. We have to, we've got a limit on so much bad Why dad. Why are there four or five different types of sanitary towels? I can't... It, is this a heavy flow or a light one? Um, yes. I, I can't even understand my own body. Which doesn't exist anymore. Um, there's not a lot of it. There's not a lot of me left. But um, I do. I do think all of that stuff was removed. I, sus- <laughs> I suspect that a lot. We of saw the, a lot of that in the teaser. I suspect that yeah, a lot of that, a lot of Saul Guerrero's stuff was removed. It may not have been what Andrew speculated it to be, but it definitely was removed. Boy, Alice. Um, who's Bogalet? Who's Bogalet? It's a character in the movie who exists to um, solely in Andrew's imagination. No, solely to to. It doesn't have any speaking role. I don't. I, okay. I, I don't think you're going to find an actor who played okay. it, unless it's Andy Serkis. Um, <laughs> Bo, Bogolet is a creature that discovers the truth in people, and also oh, with has the tentacles. An, an this unfortunate is so, this um, side effect. Side it effect. Does tend to drive one. Mad, um, and it's like I can see why this would be an ineffective mechanism. Yeah, it's like by the way, what's the feedback process? It's like <laughs> oh, Bogolet knows what the truth is, but he, he has no way of actually telling us. He wraps the yeah. he wraps his tentacle around a pen and just sort of fills like, out a form. Seems like if you're cool with Bogolet, you're cool with us. <laughs> but 
But maybe we haven't fully figured out Bogolet's um, body language yet. Yeah. But it'll, it'll, it'll figure out if you're cool. But I, do, I like the idea that Bogolet is smart enough to figure out if somebody's telling the truth. But not <laughs> smart enough to communicate. But also, also kept in a cage. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you, can, you have to imagine at some stage he'd be like, yes, this Imperial spy is totally trustworthy. <laughs> you asshole who locked me in a cage. <laughs> yeah. So, so Guerrero. <laughs> Everybody. He's pretty terrible. <laughs> he is. He is pretty terrible. Which I like. I like the idea of there being a rebellion equivalent of Darth Vader. I, know, I had my soul replaced with a plastic duck. <laughs> it doesn't perform the same Function. role. How do you even? What find... does this plastic duck even do? How do you even find a tentacle monster that judges truth? <laughs> like, like, In the Star Wars universe. There's probably a planet for that. Okay, because I'm kind of imagining, like, Saul just found it. He was like, oh, it probably good. It probably judges truth. Hey, hey, tentacle dude. Keep can him you tell the truth? It's like, keep, keep him around until he's useful. I think he's saying yes. <laughs> Best throw in some, some, some suspected spies. Yeah. Um, he's really perceptive. Yes. Like, he's got very high emotional intelligence. Yes. And he's a very good conversationalist. Yeah. You don't get it in the film. Wait, don't wait, get it. Is it yeah, those like a lot of characters we like. Were there any characters that you didn't like? For me, <laughs> Mon Mothma was rubbish. How do you? It was uh, like, well, here it, is exposition. It, the council has spoken. I I am but a person who stands as if I'm important, but I am not. For this is the Rebel Alliance, and somebody has disagreed. So. <laughs> We must do nothing. Yes. Yeah. It's like there is disagreement in the ranks. Rebellion the, is built whatever on hope, we do. Not on not on decisions. Yeah, Andrew. yeah. It's like we can't make a decision now. Some of the people <laughs> will not agree with it. Yeah. And this rebellion is nothing if not democratic. Yeah. She she's well, she... like she's like a glass of skimmed milk. Um, it's, That's it's, an odd analogy. Is it just because she's dressed in white? Yeah, and it's like you—you, you, I mean, you might might get away with it in a coffee, but uh, if you if you tried to have it in a cereal, you would notice the difference. It's like this is weak. This is not milk. Um, this is. You know that Mothma is a character who appeared in the Return of the Jedi. So she's one of the legacy characters who appears between the films. Oh, so but she's it's not only... a CGI version. No, it's not a CGI person version. Unlike, say, Tarkin, or because we're in the spoiler zone, Leia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bail Organa is actually, he's the only other actor to have appeared in both the prequels and the new films. Yeah. Um, he was Jimmy Smits. He appeared in the second and third Star Wars films, and he appears here. Yeah. In a ro- And it's and really it's awkward. The same NYPD Blue. Yeah, it's really awkward though because there's a moment where Jin is having a conversation with Mamatha and she just like, comes out of the he comes out of the shot. She's like, "So what do we do now?" And then as if somebody is like, "Oh, finally, yeah. a character from the, <laughs> the prequels. prequels." Yeah, but it's, it's how does I feel the answer... director might 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 have like on the first take had to say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're supposed to stay in the shadows. Yeah, get, <laughs> no, but, no, get no, out because... of the shot, prequel guy. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky you're even allowed to stand here. I thought you were working craft services. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, is that? Is that Bale? Is that Jimmy Smith? Yeah, I like to think because there is there's and it's like how he, did he get in here? Yeah, well he's in here now. But I like I, how does he answer the question? Because the question's like, so what does the Rebel Alliance have? And then Bale Organa steps out of the shadows. And you're like, oh, it has NYPD blue guy. <laughs> well, 
my work here is done. Um, I don't get why he was so important, apart from the fact he was prequel guy. No, I think the I think the reason why they introduced Bail Organa is so that people who didn't like the prequels and were worried that some of the prequel stuff would would still uh, persist. Yeah. They were like, oh yeah, he went back to Alderaan and is dead. <laughs> thank, horribly thank, thank, yeah. thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can finally <laughs> exercise it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that. And it, it does, it has the horrible, it has, and it has the, Organa serves as this, and this is the part of the movie I didn't like, the really clunky, let's tie it into Star Wars stuff. So like, for example, when Momothma's talking to him, he's like, Oh, don't worry, I'll get the Death Star plans to, to somebody who can do something with them. Like a Jedi I fought with in the Clone Wars who lives as a hermit. I think his name was Obi something. Hmm. Uh, well, he somebody... quite say that. I, yeah. I, like, I, I liked it because it was just enough. Okay. Like, uh, as in, they, they didn't... They, they, it was like a little kind of like a smirk, as in, yeah, I know a guy. And uh, people, people who knew Star Wars, yeah, like, yeah, but they didn't have to kind of say, okay, so now here is this guy that that that, that you love, uh, well, uh, CGI Alec Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, uh, they 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 did do that with with uh, with with Grandmother Tarkin and um, with Carrie Fisher and as, with Carrie Fisher as with, uh, why? Which is why really- do that. I don't mind. The, I thought the CGI Tarkin wasn't bad. I you can, like, you can. There's plenty of people who who you could cast uh, who in the you, role. You who you, you you could have had Chewbacca in this movie, and there would there would be no requirement to do any CGI <laughs> yeah. um, or Yoda um, or Yoda. And there's also no requirement to do any CGI because you should use a puppet. But, um, <laughs> exactly. Never, 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 never CGI, CGI Yoda. dancing Yoda. Yeah. Or bouncing rabbit gerbil Yoda. Un- 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 unless he's the bad lip syncing Yoda. But the Rocking and rolling. <laughs> but the uh... down to the sea I'm going. But I mean, even say Tarkin, you could have easily cast Charles Dance in the role. To see who. And would would anybody really have minded that a minor character changed actor? <laughs> Star Wars fans, that's who. Thank you, Andrew. But yeah, so basically the. They go, Jin reunites with her father. She has the typical Star Wars dad stuff scene, which is, oh my God, your dad's dead. It's really sad. For kids. Here's, here's a fundamental. to make them realize that, that their that, parents that, are going to die. That, no, but also, also that, their, that their parents make difficult decisions. Um, <laughs> Daddy, um, did you build but, a Death Star laser? Yeah, but ultimately they're, 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 they're going to come around for you. Like, like your, 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 your father may turn to the dark side, kill the younglings, help with the Death Star, yeah, mur- murder Obi-Wan Stars. Kenobi. Yeah. I, he was amazing. But, I loved it when he was killing all those... Uh, at the very like, end of the yeah. film. I didn't oh, like that scene. I know. I thought I I thought he was the tits in that scene. I was like, yes! Yeah, but it lasts like there's a really odd... like So the movie ends where it should end. I and then it continues more, for five more uh, no, minutes. No, no. It was probably the right amount of butchery. Uh, it was, it's a great shot, it, like the shot was, of the rebels great. panicking, the shot of the yeah. rebels panicking, and, and the lightsaber boom, turning shum, on. Yeah, yum. and he's using all his box of tricks as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's it's only like, got five uh, minutes in this. Push you, yeah. pull you, whip your guns out of your hands, I'm reflect your guns back at you, reflect your guns back impale at you, impale you through a, light, you through through a, a door, door. Yeah. like ah. Oh. 
uh, stand menacingly with my cape blowing in the space wind. Amazing. And I, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not. You're not a big fan. A, 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 I'm not a big fan of Star Wars, but even I was like, this is just too awesome. Okay, I I that was too much for me. I quite a, I really like a the, big party pooper. Like, I really I'm, am. I'm, I'm no fun. I'm, I'm the guy who's meant to be ruining this for Star fans Wars. Of Star Wars. Yeah, Darren's just like, no, it was great when it was anything but a Star Wars film. Yeah, because when we talk about the third act, then right. But basically, after Jin's father dies, uh, they go back to freaking uh, Yavin, and this is another one of the things that irritates me. Where you get like you get these shots, you start seeing these shots that are lifted, seen like shot from shot from the original trilogy. So you have like the little sentry guy standing guard over Yavin. What the feck does he do? They've got space radar. Like, if a Death Star gets close enough that the guy in Yavin's going, yep, there's a Death Star up there, you're maybe, maybe a little bit late. The sentry, there's a... What's Yavin? Yavin is the planet where the rebels meet. It's got all the Aztec ruins on it. It's where C-3PO is. Because there's another... Oh, that was lame. Yeah, I hated the C-3PO. and (laughs) R2-D2. Get that out of the bloody Star Wars movie. It's crap. C-3PO and R2-D2, by the way... The amount of people who who felt like ob- upset when oh. when they saw um, uh, R two D two was dead in the Force Awakens, and then and then the amount of people, the same people who who were like wetting their pants with excitement when they discovered that that he's brought back to life. It's like get over it. C three PO, R two D two. Boat rubbish. I don't I don't mind them, but no, in this movie, they're boat they're rubbish. What? You you trade one K two for both of them, would you? Yeah, in fact, um, I I would I would I I take your ball droid and <laughs> raise you a K two. The the, the um and, so, and I I I refuse to even remember what his what what his name was. That that great character ball droid BB eight yes BB eight. Uh, but um, who, and I mean that sincerely. I no, thought BB eight was great. Um, and really exposed R2-D2 and C-3PO <laughs> for the crappy characters they are. Having existed since the 1970s. Especially C-3PO. <laughs> really? Or especially I... R2-D2. <laughs> it's like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Yeah, they're both terrible. I like I like them both as characters. I just thought their cameo here was really terrible. Like it's, it's Oh just... yeah, yeah. It, it's like, we are also here, R2-D2. Yes. What a coincidence. It's almost as if this is part of a larger franchise. Um, nobody tells me anything, but look, somehow it's important for me to have that line. Look at that, or 2 d 2 We're in this movie. Beep, boop, boop, boop. Yes, got to cast that royalty check. But yeah, it's stuff like that. And then like the, the sentry guard on Yavin, for example, or even the death, when the what Death Star operates. Crap. I, I, it's, for stuff like that, it feels like it should yeah. automatically be excluded from any list of good movies. But <laughs> the, 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 I thought the movie in general was so good. so That you um, would get past those funny. In, in parts, such great characters and great actors. I thought the the movie was so uh, um, looked so well. I love I love the beach planet. Oh, the, the beach planet is amazing because this is where they go after. So basically, after Jin's father's died, she decides she wants to stop the the weapon being deployed. She needs to stop the Death Star. So so they they they've they... come from Edu where where um, where Galen was killed, which is right? like rocky rain planet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and and they've and they've got to a planet that really should 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 Scarif Scarif should have been a a leisure a tropical resort. resort yeah. yeah. But instead, it's it's the it's the data uh, center, all of the, <laughs> the empire. Yeah, it's like you yeah. couldn't find a more depressing planet. No, no. Yeah, our like, data clerks need to be happy too. 
Yeah, at some point they have to transmit the the uh, Death the, Star the plans. plans, but they're very big plans. So <laughs> so they require the a very big bigger. dish. I did like that. Yeah, children's and it's logic. like transmit the the uh, <laughs> transmit these very big messages to uh, through through the shields while it's open, and then it arrives at the at the um, what should we call it the 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 Rebel Alliance's um, kind of flagship, yeah. and they're like. We're receiving the messages now. Oh, it's a very big file. <laughs> we need to delete What's some our stuff. bandwidth? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like, don't just put it in the recycle bin. You have to empty the recycle bin too. Yeah. Um, it's like, and then, it, it, yeah, it seems like it would be in, it would be fitting as a Star Wars touch for like, in these Star Wars movies, there's always a, a there's always this convoluted sort of like, it's like, you need to shut down the reactor. But there's before, never a button. <laughs> before you shut down the reactor, you will need to get through these shields. In order to deactivate these shields, you know you need to go to the cooling tower <laughs> where 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 the generator for the shields is. So it's oh, there's a generator for the shields and then behind the shields there's a generator for for the transmitter. Yeah. So so but but once I've gotten to the generator for the transmitter, will I be able to turn it on or not? No, no, you'll need a secret code that is buried deep in the vaults, which you will go to a vertical tunnel. Is this the same vertical tunnel from earlier? This is a separate vertical tunnel. It may look like the same vertical tunnel, but the yeah. angles will be completely Is it different. on the same planet? No, not on the same planet. Yeah. They, they, it's cheaper to put to the re- storage on this planet yeah. But to to have the information, the tariffs on the outer rim are just unreasonable. Exactly the 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 price of labor when it comes to 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 soldiers on Scarif is actually quite high, yeah. which is which is why we keep only a small garrison. Yeah. <laughs> but all the rest of our soldiers we spent are somewhere most else of the budget in hyperspace. Dishes, yes, we spent most of them on building giant dishes for yeah. big files. Actually. What we use to make this dish out of comes from another planet, and you would, but but we actually have that material on this planet, but it's very expensive to mine, and it's all politics. It's oh, all yeah. local. It's politics. all local politics. <laughs> yeah. it, it, so it, it would seem it, it would seem just like something they would do in a Star Wars movie for it not to just be a simple. And by the way, it isn't. Once they have transmitted it to the the flagship. Um, they still have to move it like physically, onto their own disc, onto and then move it through like a door, and yeah. it's like physically send it to somebody else who's going to take it to somebody else, and 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 it's like and, uh, just put it on the cloud, yeah, just <laughs> um, <laughs> or send it via text, yeah, or it just goes yeah. automatically. Yeah. They're, 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 but um, they, send it, it to Leia's Dropbox. It would seem just it would seem like a very Star Wars move if they actually had been like. Oh no, we have to delete unnecessary data. And what? there would be a countdown as Yeah, well. yeah. And it say um and then they would delete something important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jin and Jin and sort of Andor would have to like find that Some, file. Somebody either. on somebody on the um somebody on the on the Alliance uh Star Destroyer is like the flagship is disabled. <laughs> they deleted their shield protocol. They yeah. deleted their shield protocol. Yeah. By the way, um, there, there's, 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 there's a kind of a version of Admiral Akbar yes. on on this. What's he called? Uh, Radis. Radis. There we go. Yeah. It is, it's like Radish. Admiral it is, Radish. It is Admiral Radis. Yeah. 
Admiral Radish is like, what? That Star Destroyer is disabled. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you say you that like say it's that. a bad thing. You can't say that. You it's can't say that. It's yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's ableist. Have you, it's not differently... read, have you not read the memo? Um, <laughs> we have to, send, we have to send the entire Rebel Council back to Canada, back to sort of... <laughs> Sensitivity uh, training. training. Yeah. It's like, guys, I just want to apologize. When when I said that thing about the Star Destroyer, <laughs> when I said that thing about the Star Destroyer, and it's I, like you 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 get even more, less uh, coherent when <laughs> when you're, you're apologising. But the um, yeah, and then he uses. But well, here's the thing, right? So the the third act of the film was famously troubled. It it had and underwent serious reshoots. Yeah, you'd never tell that from watching it. Or from watching the trailers, where the entire third act seems very different. So, for example... Get that Hammerhead Corvette. Have you seen... <laughs> Little Hammerhead Corvette. But, um, they... I knew you would raise that. <laughs> they, um... So, like, for example, in the trailer, there's a scene of, like, Jin menaced by a TIE fighter. There's a wonderful shot, and I'm really actually sad it doesn't make it into the movie, of Krennic wading through pools of dead stormtroopers on this, mm. like, beautiful beach planet. Yeah. There's uh, also even shots of like Jin running from ATAT walkers and stuff like that, implying that she's outside. Oh, by the way, just before we before we uh, jump past it, there were ATAT walkers. That's what they call, right? I think it is. Yeah, there's a moment in it where uh, Bays fires a rocket at AT, <laughs> and it, it, it hits it, the side of its face. It hits the side of its face, and it just like it turns like as if it's a living entity. Yeah, like it yeah. flinches basically. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like RoboCop three, where where <laughs> every where, story can be every reduced story to... comes back to RoboCop, where 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 the samurai um, Japanese android gets smacked in the face with a steel pipe, and just like kind of turns his face around. And it's like oh, big mistake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then uh, they. Yeah, I love how they anthropomorphize that a- AT and T Walker to that extent. They always seemed like. Um, and that was what was so kind of cool, cool about them was was that they were that they were basically like these kind of giant elephants with guns. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just gets smacked in the face and it's like turns turns oh, around you've again done it now. and like takes out a tooth, yeah. and wipes its blood <laughs> from its lip, um, and then sort of stares down at face. He's yeah. like, "Uh oh, <laughs> you done messed up." Yeah. Well, here's the thing: the 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 third act of the film was went underwent heavy reshoots. Apparently, when it was first screened for Disney, um, they said it was too much like a war movie and yeah. not enough like a Star Wars movie. Um, it's like, hold on, wait a minute, slow down there. There's a war. And there's <laughs> stars in it. Star Wars. Well, I mean, it's like, yeah, Star Wars movie. You know, Star Wars, Star Wars. Yeah. Not like a war, war movie. No. It's like, hold on, hold on, just slow down. What you're saying is Star Wars. What you're saying is wars, but it's going to have stars. Like Felicity Jones, she's a big name. Felicity's a star. She's going to be great. Uh, fun fact, actually, and it's re- this is from this is something that's really cool about this. Felicity Jones is the only member of the cast to get paid over a million dollars. Really? So, like, given all the controversy that there is around how female actors are not paid as much as their male counterparts, it's uh, really good that she was oh, she was paid over a million. Apparently, Dago Luna. I don't think it is. I don't think it's good that anyone gets paid over a million personally. <laughs> this is Andrew's sort of crazy socialist. That should be on. But yeah, Dago Luna and Ben Mendelsohn both got paid uh, low six figures. Apparently, right? Poor guys. Yeah, I know. How do they get by on that? But apparently, here's here's also a fun it's, fact: it's six figures, though you can buy a lot in Australia. <laughs> you can buy all of Australia. But I do like the... Sorry, Australia. Sorry, Australia. But I do like that apparently Felicity Jones' contract, which was made public, includes the option for one sequel. Ah. Which 
Seems... Oh, for choosing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like just go away and write something. Yeah, come back. Uh, which is great, given that all of the characters can died. it be a prequel? Yeah, can but... it can it be can it be Felicity Jones comes in to direct a a a fifteen year old? Jane Ursa. Speculation is that she would appear in the um. Sorry, the speculation is that she'll actually appear in the Han Solo uh, spin-off film that, in mm. a small supporting role. But uh, apparently they brought in Tony uh, Tony Gilroy, who did the Bourne movies. Han Solo movies are going to suck. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Even starring Donald, Donald Glover? Donald Glover. Make a Lando Calrissian movie I would where, where it's a musical. That's all you ask. That's all I ask. But... Um, so yeah, they brought in Tony Gilroy, who wrote the Bourne movies and who also directed Michael Clayton and stuff like that. Apparently, he made five million. He wrote the script. Um, he also directed the reshoots. Uh, Tony Gilroy. He wrote all several of the Bourne movies, but he directed the reshoots. Um, he was in the of Rogue booth. One. Of Rogue One, he was also in the ending booth with Gareth Edwards. Right. And it's speculated that he was part of the. The instruction was to make it more Star Warsy. So it's interesting to wonder sort of what it was that was added and deleted. I wonder if a lot of the space battle stuff was added at the last minute. The space battle stuff actually was like I liked I like I liked pretty much all the battles. I liked the um the insurgency oh, in Jeddah yeah, a lot. I really loved that. Um I liked the the beach um The beach sequence was amazing on yeah, the ground. Um Absolutely. I think you like Krennic's sort of exhausted, release the garrison. Yeah. <laughs> you people are amateurs here. Kraken. Yeah. No, no, he's not, he's not high ranking enough. He can't give that order. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's why he wants Vader the Emperor's approval. Here. Yeah. That's why he wants the Emperor's approval. You'll tell yeah. the Emperor I released the why garrison. Why am I going to get the keys to the Kraken? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, what, 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 what Krennic really wants is the keys to the executive washroom, like in... In Robocop. Robocop. <laughs> Everything goes back to Robocop. But there, yeah. I'd that, buy that for a dollar. That's what I really like about Krennic is the sense of like sheer middle management desperation about him. Like he doesn't want anything big. He just wants to be respected. Yeah, yeah. He wants to be in the CEO's address. That's it, exactly. Yeah. He wants little thanks at the end. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are, there, there are people who have done worse things. And we him. couldn't have done it without... Director Krennic. Cree. Cree. Creative. Creative did such a great job with, on the... <laughs> Mr. Key Rennick. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so no, I, I loved the, the battle sequence on the beach as well. I thought that was very well directed. I thought it was very intense. And I liked I liked the slow realisation that the cast are going to die. Yeah. I thought that was very well done. I thought that killing them off was quite good because these days everything's all... And this is a franchise film, but everything's all a franchise film, so you have to keep well, all the, the way, characters alive. you said earlier, Jin Erso, that Felicity Jones had been offered a... <laughs> If she wanted, she could have a sequel. Yeah, she's, there's, there's an option in her contract for one sequel. That's why I thought it was funny, given how the movie ends. <laughs> and, and that's like saying, hey, you know, um, if, you can, if you can think of an appropriate sequel to this movie <laughs> uh, that you're in, then we'll totally make it yeah. for you. It's like, but, but I die in it. Just, just um, take your Details, time. Details, yeah, 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 it's fungible. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, you're basically telling her we're not going to make a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact you make it sound like the entire contract clause was like a really sadistic sort of like. A, yeah. Well, look, we'd love to, but you know, our hands it's a are catch twenty two. Yeah, our hands are a bit tight, but I do like this slow realization they're going to die. So, like, uh, K two dies is the first one to die, and you're like, well, they could still repair him, right? 
And then suddenly um, the the monk dies. Well, uh, we already have Saw. Dying. Yeah, Shirat dies. Yeah, so Saw 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 dies, and in the same in the same same stroke, um, so does um, what's his name? <laughs> the... Wi-Fi Cubist. <laughs> 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 and so presumably does the truth monster. Here's the thing I like. I like the yeah. <laughs> I like the way that the, the Death Star is presented during the attack on Sage Edda. And even the attack at the end on Scarif. Where it's like... And it's, this is the thing that I think as a director, uh, Edwards does very well. Is he gives you a sense Bogolet. of scale. Bogolet. Bogolet also dies. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that one of the things I like is the sense of scale. Like you get the sense of the Death Star as something massive and terrifying and frightening as opposed to just this thing the empire builds once every three years or so yeah uh, which i think it becomes in like the force awakens so for example like it eclipsing the sun is a yeah. beautiful shot or it casting a shadow over the planet is a beautiful shot or even the bit where k2 is that no i i i kind of disagree i thought when it eclipsed the sun it almost made it seem smaller okay i think it's better like when when it rises over Scarif when, and it's like rising over the horizon. Yeah, yeah. When 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 it takes up a um, like, ha, have you seen those? Um, there is there is a thing recently that was shared on social media to show you in terms of perspective what the planets would look like if they were in the same position as our moon. Oh. So. Oh yes, yeah. I saw that one. Yeah. So this is Mars. Yes. If 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 it were where the moon is, I feel like. The Death Star looks the best Death when Star it's in, should look should like look like Jupiter, <laughs> like like uh, basically. But I, okay, I, I I really like that shot of it eclipsing because like... it's a it, 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 it star is in the name. I feel like it, it should be <laughs> super star shaped. Uh, but I mean, even stuff like the the sequence of it firing and the bit where K two's sitting in the cockpit going, uh, "There's a problem on the horizon." Yeah, there's no horizon. <laughs> <laughs> But like the and this destruction, this wave of destruction, like Saul, like tearing out his breathing apparatus, like finally I can breathe some fresh, dirty air, and yeah. just like getting wiped out by this wave of dirt. Or yeah, even, the air is just as dirty as I remember, I remember it. <laughs> oh, I miss my ventilator. But um, or even just the final shot of Jin and um, Andor. Presumably, uh, sorry, <laughs> presumably Saul Guerrero bought his inhaler um as uh, at one of those star wars bazaars he's like one qu- one quarter portion <laughs> um, <laughs> of air he's, yes. yeah he's just giving us some some scrap metal yeah for <laughs> to manage um, yeah for for um what's the name of that stupid character <laughs> the one played by simon pegg is it was that simon that was pegg simon pegg yeah Playing that that guy is like one quarter one quarter portion, portion yeah. Because you, every character in Star Wars is perfectly, perfectly documented. I believe it was Unker Blot. It was indeed. Um, who is the one quarter portion character played one by Simon? One quarter portion <laughs> played by Simon Pegg. You sound as if you love that character the way that you repeat it. So no, I I mean maybe it was intentionally ridiculous, but I I feel like maybe Simon Pegg shouldn't have been as excited. <laughs> As he probably was to have been cast as that, but I mean, even stuff like the the, the wonderful shot of Jin and Andor standing on the beach as the uh, Death Star explosion ripples towards them. In like it, it seems almost like a shout out to say the you know the Hiroshima shadows, yeah, which are the lovers who are sort of caught in the atomic blast. Oh, very. Or even yeah, they like I I was watching the movie and I wrote down like everyone's getting Hiroshima. Yeah. 
Basically, which is basically what's happening. And it is. It's a very effective image, and it's great to see it in a Star Wars film. Yeah, and I, it, like like pe- people have for a long time um, like I think there's a college humor kind of sketch about um, the um, stormtroopers in a bar talking about where they were when the when when, when the Death Star Elder was, was destroyed. No, because. Oh. That's not their nine eleven. The Death Star being destroyed was their nine eleven, where oh. they, where where they lost all of their all, all of the um uh, all their buddies stormtroopers that they went to like college um, stormtrooper college. Yeah, but yeah, no, and I feel like the pew 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 battle overhead sort of distracts from that, particularly when Darth Vader shows up. Come on now, there there there. And is, here's here's a fun fact. You know, there, the... there is a point when a hammerhead Corvette. Drives one Star Destroyer into another. And decapitates it. Yeah. It uses a Star Destroyer as a sword. Yeah. Which and, is... and, and, and they fall um, onto the Beautifully, shields. Beautifully, like a... Sh- yeah. yeah. Like, 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 what are, is it pigeons? Rolling pigeons? Is that what they're called? But the sight of the... Yeah, the sight of the Star Destroyers decapitating one another is pretty great. But, and here's a fun fact. You know the shots of... An... So many people dying on both sides. Yeah, you know red one, gold one, and blue one and stuff. They yeah. are all they are all basically stock footage. Gareth Edwards went through the Lucasfilm vault and he found material that was shot from A New Hope yeah. using those actors who are now like in their 70s and 80s. Right. And basically uh, found a way to stitch that into the film. So it, it is footage that nobody's ever seen before, but it was shot in the 70s, wow. which is very cool, isn't it? I was thinking to myself when watching all of the different pilots, I was thinking they're all middle-aged to elderly what, what, how, how old do you have to be to even get into the... To be qualified the, yeah, for the... Yeah, for, to, to, for the rebel pilots. Yeah, to, to paraphrase, paraphrase Brendan Glendening, uh, Barry Glendening, who, who um, was talking on another podcast about Bournemouth fans being, being 90 years of age and um, sitting on uh, bat chairs and having Victorian uh, ear trumpets... <laughs> Um, that that that's what I thought of when I when I saw all of the of uh, all of the pilots, all the pilots you didn't recognize, all of the pilots I didn't recognize. I think I must have looked away for a second and and missed um a, a character that I did know, Simon Farnaby as Blue Five. Yeah, you want to know what else bothered me about that scene? Tell me. There is a sequence where Ro- where Red Five Red gets Five. blown up, and they devote a full thirty seconds of the film to Red Five getting blown up. And the reason they devote a whole 30 seconds of the film to Red 5 getting blown up is because in Star Wars A New Hope, Luke Skywalker has to join the Rebels and become Red 5. Right. Oh. And it, this is like, oh, so that's why that position was vacant. I was uh, thinking about how when they, were, when they were on the planet of Scarif, their, their, their X-Fighters were getting uh, shot, X-Wings, I should say, were getting shot down and they were just crashing because there were no ejector seats nor parachutes <laughs> On X-Wings. And you know why that is? Because they fly in space. Because they're in space. That's mostly why. I also imagine that the, the Rebel budget, budget doesn't spread that far. Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah. We, can get, we can get you 16 fighters or we can get you so four you with proper safety. ejector seats on, that's going to increase the weight of it, which is yeah. going to make it difficult to get into hyperdrive. In space. Although yeah. we can just put, like, a Death Star yeah. <laughs> into yeah. hyperdrive. Um, How do you think the Empire funds its Death Star habits? Another thing I liked was the sheer fall vertical tunnels. Um, Star Wars kind of staple, um, staple, and I, um, I liked actually that Jin left uh, Andor behind in those vertical tunnels. Like yeah. I liked that when Krennic shot him, 
Jin was kind of like for a second she was like maybe I should you're go just, down and help you're him just, you're just determined to 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 win so much credit with with, <laughs> with alternative voices <laughs> <laughs> on, on, on Twitter how how is how is a white woman leaving a, uh, a Latino gentleman to fall to his death a, a victory for progress I liked I liked the the touch that um, director I keep forgetting his name director Krennic, Krennic yeah that he gets um, killed by his own weapon yeah he's hoisted on his own Death Star <laughs> but yeah he gets shot in the shoulder by um, I like that he gets shot in the shoulder by um, Andor. And, yeah. I, and like, Jin is like, we should probably finish him. And Andor's like, no, no. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's it's more of a thematic point in that you let, let go of vengeance and hatred. The, but kind of like, you could just throw him over the edge or something. It wouldn't take that much time. The blast from the Death Star goes through the tower yeah. that Kremlin <laughs> is in. And then onto, like, the beach. The planet surface. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm like, it, it's amazing. It really it's, is. I like, like, that's, like why, that's why Tarkin ended up in command of the Death Star. Grandmother Tarkin, yeah, yeah, is like, oh... Because you wouldn't um, want to do this properly. It's like a little pin. Can we destroy that planet there? Can yeah. we? Uh... Kremick, I'm going to need you to work on... Um... The dish? Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to need you to work on the dish. So, yeah, yeah. I'm going to destroy that planet scarf, okay? <laughs> but I, I do like that... Uh, I do like that he was... that. The beam goes through the dish. Like, it's so precisely calibrated, even though it's a weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They use it, like, for... Like, like a laser scalpel. Precision. Yeah. Like, just in case he flies off in a TIE fighter or anything yeah. like that. Which they... Uh, I feel like grandma, Grandmother Tarkin got in, in, in the editing bay and was like, I'm going to take that TIE fighter away. <laughs> I'm going to move this beam slightly. Um, uh, yeah, everyone's just getting Hiroshima. Anyway, so I think that that about sums it up. Uh, it's currently the 153rd movie of all time. What? Yeah, according to the IMDb. Um, it's fallen slightly, actually, since we started recording the podcast. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that fast? <laughs> yeah, it's that dynamic. So, let, I guess we'll have a look at some of the movies that are around it. Yeah. There, there are some... There, uh, we've said it before. There, there There's is a strong there, recency bias. There are some, there are some movies on the on the list on the list that we have that I or we have no idea why they're on the list. <laughs> yes, the Warrior, one directly below it. Yes. Warrior, um, uh, starring Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton. Yeah, yeah. Um, not, not, not to mention Nick Nolte. Okay. Um, yeah, playing, playing, playing a washed-up drunk <laughs> who uh, well, completely against type. <laughs> completely against type. But yeah, like, that's... Okay, for this, we're we're gonna need you to play a, a drunk Nick Nolte. Do you do you think you could? You do have that, that in you. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you can be cantankerous. Do you think you yeah. can be cantankerous? Can Nick you be Nolte? cantankerous, gravelly voice Nick Nolte for this? Yeah, I know. And it's I'm... like, oh, I don't know about that. It's like Nick. All right, all right, I'll just, <laughs> I'm going I'm gonna drink. Um, but yeah, so it's around. It's it's not a bad. It's below the general. It's below the elephant man. It's... Are there? Are, let's look at some of the movies below it. And obviously, there's going to be some that we think are better. Uh, not that many. Well, the big I mean, Lebowski's. the ones immediately. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, in terms of recent films, the I think Wolf... it's better than Gran Torino. I think it's better than The Wolf of Wall Street. Interesting. I yeah. don't think it's better than The Wolf of Wall Street. No, I would strongly disagree with that. But anyway. I don't think it's better than the Big Lebowski, for example, or the or even Dilemma for Murder. Um, yeah, it's probably. I would argue it's better than the Deer Hunter, but I don't like the Deer Hunter that much. Ooh. Yeah, I know. We'll talk about that later. 
better than Fargo? Is it better than Finding Nemo? Six cents. Yeah, I mean, let's look at some of the movies that are above it, maybe. Yeah, and just sort of take a look and sort of see that. Yeah. So in terms of, like, Buster Keaton's The General, The Elephant Man, it's better than Sundays, but I absolutely hate on Sundays. That's the one from Dennis Villeneuve. It's the one, the only one that we haven't talked about uh, on the list um, for those Dennis Villeneuve completionists here. Um, and then there's out there. yeah, A Beautiful Mind, Judgment at Nuremberg Casino, which I'm surprised to see Casino above Wolf of Wall Street, actually. Yeah, I've said before that I thought Casino was a very mean-spirited movie. Yes, Casino is, is a movie in which you argue God doesn't exist. Yeah. Which seems quite odd to me, but we'll probably talk about that when we talk about silence. Um, other than that, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, Howl's Moving Castle, The Seventh Seal, and Blade Runner, which we may or may not be talking about yeah. it sometime soon. Maybe. Um, I think... I think that... Um, so do you think Rogue One is going to stay on the 250? Do you think it'll be here this time next year? I wonder. I wonder. Like, because... Uh, like, the, the the list kind of mystifies me a little bit. I, I think I've enjoyed a great deal a lot of the movies um, that we've watched. But I sometimes wonder about some of the movies that aren't on the list. And some of the movies that... Like we, Robocop. Yeah, like Robocop. <laughs> exactly. Feel and like, RoboCop three. Feel like we might be we 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 might have to cover all of the RoboCop <laughs> movies in a different podcast. We, we may. That might be your Halloween special or something like that. Movie. Or April Fool's special or something. We'll figure it out. What do you? What do you? What do? You, why would it be April Fool's? So, <laughs> it's one fifty three. It probably won't be for long. It probably isn't currently when you're listening to this. Yeah. And I don't think, keep in mind that you will probably be listening to this on the same day that we released it. was 207 it. as early as, what was it, Friday? It's 207 Thursday? on Friday morning. Yeah. And then it jumped up to 138 and now it's back down to 150. A colleague of mine booked a midnight showing of, of Rogue One and, and went the wrong day, the day after. Aww. Which we, we, it does. It does, in fairness, sound like it could be a. a I, I would totally do that myself. I've I felt so bad for 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 the person. Uh, um, Let's just say. So its currently ranking is eight point three with seventy thousand votes, um, and you can see there that actually, yep, there's a disproportionate zone. There's a <laughs> disproportionate number of eight, of tens, nines, and eights. So we're talking nearly twenty thousand ten votes. Ten out of ten. Perfect film. I don't think I like. I'd be hard pressed to name. It can't be a perfect film because, like, they had that R two D two cameo that brings it down one point straight away. At uh, twenty thousand nine votes. So um, then, if you're going to take it from a nine to an eight, what 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 would be the thing for that, me? Yeah, for me, it'll be all the the Vader stuff and the. the I think CGI grandmother Tarkin. No, I like CGI Tarkin, but I'll go CGI Leia. We'll take CGI Leia. Then. All right, so then we're down to sixteen thousand eight votes. 16,008 votes. Is there something that we would bring this from an 8 to a 7 on? I think maybe the editing in the, the third act or maybe the difficulty would say the character act, the character arcs and stuff like that. What like, character arcs? Well, I feel like stuff like, for example, the uh, pilot. His, his character arc feels oh, great. Oh, so Riz, Riz Ahmed's Bodhi. Yeah, yeah, Bodhi. yeah. He, Or he, even, he... Stuff like, um, even stuff like Jin's sort of... Uh, Sudden commitment to the cause. I don't know. I, I did that didn't sell for me as it well. Made as it sense for to me. It, okay. um, the uh, her 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 decision because I feel like all of a sudden her um it was her her kind of ambivalence was lifted was lifted. Yeah, that 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 finally um she had like permission to 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 commit. Okay, and uh, I I I'm surprised that meeting. 
the um, the the actual rebel alliance didn't <laughs> completely put her off. It's it. like these people are, are rubbish. Are terrible. Yeah, they, it's like I will also talk. There's there's several. There's this hilarious moment in the council where um, there's. And I think it happens several times when somebody says, let her speak. Yeah, I think Felicity Jones's uh, Jin Erso might have brought along a few plants. <laughs> yeah, to that meeting. Yeah. <laughs> it's all mostly K2 using his vocal synthesizer. Yeah, it's just a ventriloquist programming. Yeah. This is it, I think. This is I cool. think so. We, 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 don't, we don't have an in and out chart. Uh, we don't have uh, next, next week's, week's movies because this was a this b- 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 bonus episode. This just in, yeah. And next week, then join us next week, and we'll be talking about "It's a Wonderful Life" for Christmas, and then we'll we be back indeed. to our regular scheduled programming after that. Next week um, is what what's commonly known as the festive period. Yuletide, if you will. Yuletide, um, and and we'll tide you over. All right, thanks, guys. Take it easy. Are you okay? You yeah. oh um. <laughs> Bye.